And good morning. It is a Thursday edition at GCR. I'm Glenn. He's Griffin. Lots to do as we inch ever so closer to Ravens-Texans on Saturday. First of three roster moves made. Bummed out. I really like Melvin Gordon just personally. He's a good dude. Um, And, like, had opportunities this year. Chose not to take them to stay on the Ravens practice squad. So that's a bummer. Obviously, the fumble against the Steelers reminded everybody of his history with fumbling the football. I don't know if that was the final nail in the coffin or if, like, his spot was always going to be in peril the moment that the Ravens decided to take a uh, stab at Dalvin Cook. Like, maybe it wouldn't have mattered how he played in the Steelers game. Somebody would say, well, why him and not Jake Funk? Jake Funk plays special teams. Melvin Gordon doesn't. It's kind of easy answer at that point. You can only carry so many third running backs that don't do anything else. Like, there's a real limit to how many of those guys you can keep around. So that takes care of one roster spot. Dalvin Cook, indeed. I, I, I'm, I'm a little bit surprised, but I guess either maybe it was part of the deal when they signed Dalvin Cook that they told him you'll be on the roster as long as you look like you're capable of moving or they have some fear that one of the other playoff teams will attempt to swoop in and take Dalvin Cook. I don't I don't know, man. It's weird. Whatever. Whatever. I don't want to think too much about it. It's their running back. Who really cares? We'll see if Dalvin Cook can offer some sort of help to the Ravens over the course of uh, this Saturday or the next couple of weeks. The question remains because there are still two other roster spots available. They cleared a third roster spot for Dalvin Cook, so presumably there are two spots available still. Seems like. For some combination of Mark Andrews and Ardarius Washington or, I guess, Devin DuVernay. Although it was DuVernay. Seems like DuVernay definitely will because I think Tyler Wallace is trending down. Um, He did not practice again yesterday? I believe that was the case. I got to look. I got to look. I got to be honest with you. I looked at the injury report on Tuesday. I did not look at the injury report. I had some other things. Marlon did not practice yesterday. Yeah, that I do know, and so that does not look good at all for Saturday. Yes, our Darius Washington would be maybe up in that case for a Um, little bit more depth or help. The weird weird part is while they're listing Mark Andrews and Devin DuVernay on the injury report, they're not listing our Darius Washington on the injury report, which is a – it could be that they're just saying he's fully healthy. I've ne- I I am I thought if somebody wasn't on the roster you didn't have to put them on the injury report. So it's weird that they put Mark Andrews and Devin Duvernay on the injury report when they're not on the roster. I I don't know. I got to be honest with you man. It's been a long time since I covered on a day-to-day basis and that's when like I needed to know what the rules were in these circumstances. I don't know what the rules are anymore. I don't know why some non-roster guys are in the injury report and others aren't. I Glenn Clark, man who doesn't understand. We'll see. Mark Andrews was listed as a full participant in practice yesterday. It's pretty cool. <laughs> Seems good. I mean, like, I think you want that. Uh, we'll find out. We'll find out. So, um, yeah, that's uh, that's what's going on there. Uh, by the way, lots to do on the program today. We're going to move up. Uh, it just so happens to be that like everything that we are working on booking this week is all coming together for tomorrow, so we decided to move Bo Smolka to today, Pressbox Ravens beat writer. 
We'll check in with him a little bit later on. We'll also talk some Lamar Jackson. Adam Kilgore of the Washington Post wrote a really interesting piece about Lamar Jackson this week. Preview the Texans with N.D. Kalu from down in Houston. If I remember correctly, N.D. was born in Baltimore, but was like only here for five minutes or something like that. So we'll talk to N.D. Kalu uh, about the Texans, and we will make our divisional round picks with Ken Zalas, who's not out of it, but like it. It's going to be very difficult. It looks like it's a two-horse race at the top. It looks like, unless something goes crazy this weekend, it looks like it's a two-horse race. So that's the deal for picks. Um, are we at the point? Hang on. How many games back is Ken? Um, uh, Ken is hes the closest. He's three games back. So we're going to have to do the bit where if he wants to change any of the picks that he sent you, he's got to tell you right at the top. Okay. Because he can't just change his picks based on what I picked. We've never, that's always been something we've attempted to do. You don't just get to hear what somebody else picks and pick against them. That's not the way that, eh, you get late in the season. That's not fair. He's got to tell you if he's changing his picks when you call him. All right? All right. Very good. Sounds good. So, all that being said, bummer last night. Maryland basketball. Oh, I guess I should say that today's show Hello. Hi, Glenn Clark here. Professional. Semi. Semi-professional. Today's show is brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Bummer last night. Maryland's um, you know, competitive throughout Never really seemed like they could get over the hump until late in the game at Northwestern when down by two, Jameer Young in the final minute makes this dramatic three to put them in front. And you're like, holy F, is he going to do this again? I mean, this was the UCLA game, right? Like, it's just Jameer Young goes crazy. No one else touched the ball. It's all Jameer Young. Holy F, is he going to do it again? And then, like, three seconds later, Boo Booey yeah. blows right past Dante Sky. Just like he's not there. Puts Northwestern back in front, and then uh, Jameer Young kind of settles for another jumper, misses it, and uh, that's all she wrote. I got to be honest with you, I, 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 I don't really feel like attacking Kevin Willard. I'm not there, and and Maryland's proven to be a little bit more competitive of late than we expected them to be a couple weeks ago. I'm not. It's hard to be terribly down on a one possession loss at Northwestern. I'm not trying to suggest that like Northwestern's scary good. But it's hard to win on the the road in the Big Ten in a vacuum. This isn't the end of the world. The totality of it is you really kind of needed these wins if you were going to try to figure out a way to build a tournament resume. But I have no idea, no earthly idea, why with three seconds left you're not intentionally missing the second free throw. Like... In what world, with no timeouts remaining, do you genuinely believe that you've got enough time to commit another foul, inbound the ball, get down the floor? Imagine if, uh, what's his face, uh, Ty Berry had missed one of those free throws. And now you've got to get a rebound and just go. You can't even pass the ball in. I'm befuddled as to the thought process to not intentionally miss that free throw. Now, is it likely that it was going to work? No. No. It's rare you that... You need the perfect bounce. Correct. Yeah. It's rare that those scenarios play out. 
But the idea that you were going to get the ball another... I mean, almost asinine. I have no idea what the thought process was there. I, I'm truly befuddled by it. But they weren't likely going to win anyway. After the missed jumper when they were down by one with whatever it was, 30 seconds left or something, 20 seconds left, it was unlikely that they were going to win the game. It's a bummer because it's a game they could have won. It's a bummer because it felt like it was one they could steal despite the fact that, again, they didn't play off that well. Dante Scott offered a little bit in the first half. First half, he was helpful. Jordan Geronimo made a three. I know. Well, that's why I think like, that's because you, you wasted a Jordan Geronimo game almost. Well, let's that's, let's be easy just declaring it a Jordan Geronimo game. I mean, let's be easy on that. The best he's he's had so he far. He made two threes, and that's a little bit more than we expect from him. But maybe we'd be easy about saying it was a Jordan Geronimo game. Um, Juju disappeared. Yeah, the they and they doubled him, and he just yeah. And he can't make a and free he got throw. And, well, he can't make free throws, and he picked up a fourth foul, right, and, yeah. and then. Like, for example, God, Robbie Hummel had a tough night. Like, didn't know what the score of the game was. It was a rough broadcast last night. And one boy's like, see, obviously, they're, you know, you, you foul here if they if they miss the free. Well, wait. What? Right, right. So three. Yeah, he, he was. So three. <laughs> he was really struggling last night. Um, but at one point on the Boo Booey play, when he drives, said, why isn't Juju Reese sliding over in that spot? And I, I get the question. The answer is probably because he had four, four personal fouls. fouls. It's a bummer. I, I, there's no bigger take for me to have than it's a bummer. It's hard to be. It's hard to be overwhelmed by anything related to Maryland basketball right now because it's not like you expect them to do anything. It's a bummer because if they win that game, now they've won three straight, momentum starts to build, maybe the... Li- God, I, it is, there are no steps forward right now for Deshaun Harris-Smith. Like, we wanted to convince ourselves that just hitting one shot at Illinois was enough for us to believe that maybe Deshaun Harris-Smith... This is starting to look like one of the all-time what-happened-here stories in Maryland basketball. He was going to be all Big Ten as a freshman. Noah Batchelor. Eek. I have no idea what's going on with these guys. I mean... And, like, somebody would say this is... Jahari Long has, you know... But somebody would say this is the story of the expectations that we now have for freshmen. That once upon a time... We would not judge freshmen like this, but that's not how college basketball works anymore. You like when you Kentucky were, and I mean, I, it is, it you understand different. these aren't you know all American. These aren't guys that are going to go to the NBA in one year. But even those guys are expected to be contributors immediately because you just don't have four-year players anymore. Your veteran player on the team, Jameer Young, is a guy that's been here for two years. That's your veteran. I get it. Dante Scott's played what more games than anybody in yeah. Maryland well, history. What was, uh, was Brandon Gordon Gaw- calling him the old guy? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to prove that he could still do it. Like, <laughs> I guess that was funny. Um, it's it's brutal with those guys. I mean, it's brutal. Noah Bachelor airballing a wide open three. 
Hey. Rough, rough night uh, for that group of guys, for those two guys in, spe- in specific. But, um, yeah, bummer, and, and Maryland plays at home against Michigan State on Sunday. That's what's next for them. And uh, I, of course, was invested in the tennis all night last night. Please ignore the fact that I told you I bet American dollars on Jesse Pagula mm-hmm. to win the Australian Open, uh, who went crashing out, crashing out of the Australian Open last night. Him? I don't even remember. It was nobody. I mean, it was. this is like Francis the night before. Like, yeah, th- this is it's so inexcusable that I can't even begin to uh, describe how brutal she lost to Emma Navarro, Clara won. Burrell. Yeah, my girl, Emma Navarro. I am. Everybody knows. I've, I never said anything about Jesse Pagula. I've <laughs> only talked about Emma Navarro. Everybody knows that. Um, Danielle Collins nearly beat Iga Fiontech. That was man. I was bummed out about that, too. And uh, it's still going. It's like something like two thirty in the morning right now in Melbourne, and Daniil Medvedev is still playing. I don't. I is this correct? Like, should they? I mean, well, I this know. happens in the U.S. Earlier? Open all the time. This yeah, happens so. all the time yeah. at the U.S. Open. This is when you try to do these. So the French Open added a night session, but it's only one match, and so they play it at like nine o'clock or something like that. So you don't have matches starting. At 11.30, you don't have like a three-hour first match and then you're trying to start another match late. The U.S. Open and the Australian Open do two-match night sessions. Although, if I remember correctly, I believe the men's semifinals, they're splitting up this year and they're not doing both at night. They're doing they're doing one at like 10.30 hour time and the other at 3.30 hour time. Whatever. I, I'm the only person that cares about this. I don't know why it is that I'm, I'm going on about it. But yes, they're still going on right now, uh, Daniil Medvedev in action at the U.S. Open. So uh, that's what's gotten my interest this week. I have no idea what has your interest, nor do I care. Um, no offense. No offense. Turf basketball. Towson yeah. basketball tonight. Big game. Yeah, big game. Uh, they're at Charleston, right? Yes. Tonight. Yes, indeed. That is a big game for them. I don't know how to feel. It's been so up it's, and down. Uh, yeah. I have no idea yeah, how to feel about it well, whatsoever. Yeah, we'll see. Need to bounce back after yep. not a good loss in Northeastern. That is correct. That is correct. All right. Uh, what time are we doing things? I've already uh, Ten twenty will be our. All first. right. Let's grab a break. Then. Okay. Today's show brought to you by SuperBook. The number continues to be pretty large. Pretty large number for the Ravens, who um, I found this number. Maybe we'll we'll talk about it when we get the picks. Ravens one in nine in their last ten games when they have been more than a touchdown favorites. One in nine against the spread in those games. Think about that. Think about that as it continues to hover at nine and a half. Forty nine are still nine and a half point favorites. Lions six and a half point favorites. Bills two and a half point favorites this weekend. Sign up at Superbook. Use the code GlennClark23. When you do, you'll receive up to $250 in a same-day first bet match. Win or lose. Superbook.com or download the Superbook app. Andy Kalu joins us from down in Houston. We will preview the Texans. How has this happened? We'll talk about it next. Glenn Clark Radio. Hey, it's Jeremy Kahn. This postseason, bet in person at the Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbooks with locations in Canton and in Towson and enjoy the best in-class sports wagering experience at their state-of-the-art facilities, bringing an unmatched sports betting thrill. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution, and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. 
For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. There's so much focus on sports betting these days, but I want to talk about an area that nobody wants to gamble on. Where you choose to go out and spend your hard-earned dollars to eat. The Costas Inn is no gamble at all. The quality on their menu is outstanding, and the value is off the charts with a great and varied list of special Monday through Friday. And the staples of the menu, whether it's salads, burgers, fish, they're all fantastic. And I haven't even mentioned the crabs or crab cakes yet. So check out the menu for yourself at CostasInn.com. When choosing a place to dine, never gamble on the food you put in your belly. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard or call 410-477-1975 for reservations and your steamed crab orders. Six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken, a family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. What company has the expertise to make your home healthier by purifying your air and killing all viruses, allergens, and bacteria? A.J. Michaels, Heating and Air Conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis, ajmichaels.com. Don't forget about Project Game Day after every Ravens game this season. It's kind of like this show, except Rita's also there, so I actually think it's pretty good. But hey, you're already here now, so why don't you go ahead and keep listening to GCR? Goose Flights is available right now. A partnership of Pressbox, the Tony Saragusa, or the Saragusa family, and Guilford Hall Brewery. It is a delicious handcrafted lager, and it is available at Guilford Hall Brewery and Station North, Costas Inn over in Dundalk, and in both of those locations, you can purchase six packs of Goose Flights right now. And it's also available in cans at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill, all of the seven Glory Days Grill locations in the state of Maryland. We're so proud of this. It's something that means a lot to us. One ninety-eight of every can sold. So do the math on that if you're purchasing six packs. One ninety-eight of every can sold is going directly to the Goose Flights charity that was the the dream and the idea of Tony Saragusa before he passed and that his uh, children and his family have taken and they have run full steam ahead with to provide non-emergency medical transport for those that are in need. It's a wonderful thing they're doing. It continues Tony Saragusa's legacy. It's very significant, and it means a lot to us to be involved with it. And there is no better way that we could do it than with the beer, because when you associate Baltimore athletes over the years that you would have liked to sit around and drink a beer with, there are few that are higher on the list than Tony Siragusa. So it's also a very cool can. This is not actually the real can that I'm holding up. This is just a prototype. This is just a tribute. This is not the greatest song in the world. This is just a tribute. That's the real can, as you can see. It's an awesome-looking can. You're going to want to have it for your collection, that silhouette of uh, Tony Saragusa there on the can. So go pick it up today. Again, Guilford Hall Brewery and Station North. 
Costas in. You can get six packs at both locations. And then it's also available in a can at any of your neighborhood Glory Days Grill restaurants in the state of Maryland. Find out more, pressboxonline.com slash gooseflights. Gooseflights lager. As we remember the legacy of the great Tony Saragusa and try to lift up his family's foundation. So go pick up yours today. Ravens-Texans coming up this Saturday here in Baltimore. It's going to be cold. It's going to be windy. Not snowy. That's tomorrow and then supposed to be gone after that. Joining us now, a man who is technically born in Baltimore, although if I remember correctly, didn't really live here in Baltimore. He is a former Houston Texans defensive lineman, a radio personality down in Houston. It's a pleasure for us to welcome back to the program, Mr. Andy Kalu, who is with us now here on GCR. ND, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's great to catch up, man. Thank you so much for taking the time for us. Glenn, thanks for having me. How are you doing? Everything is good here, ND, and I imagine life is pretty good down in Houston. This has been, you know, we've been joking about it this week. It's almost hard for anybody in Baltimore to, like, get up any Houston Texans hate because the truth is it's just a really cool story for a franchise that has changed so dramatically over the course of the last 12 months. You know, you're right. It's such a cool story. And I know I'm a little bit biased because I'm here in Houston and, you know, I do some stuff with Texan radio. But every player that you meet, you can't help but like them. You you know, every week I do a podcast with a different current player. And I always say the same thing. My producer is probably getting annoyed with me. I'm like, you know what? I'm a fan of this guy now. And I'm a fan of this guy because it's such good dudes. And then my former teammate, the head coach, D'Amico Ryan, they don't get any better than that. So for them to have the success the way they're having it this year, a year where your your most passionate Texan fan would have started off the season saying, hey, if they get six, seven games and they just show that they're pointing in the right direction, it'll be success. For them to be in the second round of playoffs, playing the best team in the NFL, it's exciting times here in Houston. So obviously you bring up D'Amico Ryans and you couple that with C.J. Stroud. That's like those are the big, you know, ev- everybody knows those are the reasons. If I separated those two guys – can you give me one or two other storylines that you think are, are a bigger part of the reason why the Texans are in this spot than maybe people have given them credit for during the course of the year? That's a great question. The, the, the problem is I can't take, like, D'Amico out because it, it's not just D'Amico, C.J. Stroud. It's the way the defense is playing. You have a bunch of, quote-unquote, no-names out of sight of Will Anderson, but they're playing great ball. And why are they doing that? Because of the confidence instilled in them from D'Amico Ryans, who played at such a high level on that side of the ball. But I just really think that the big story is the play of these guys that, you know, Blake Cashman, how many Baltimore Ravens fans Mm. are shaking in the that Blake Cashman is coming to town? But he's been playing some good football for the Houston Texans. And this is a guy that the Jets of all teams said, ah, we're good. We don't need him. And now he's, he had like a Pro Bowl type season with the Texans. And there's so many guys like that. It's just the fact that the storyline of guys playing above their heads, playing out, playing what people expected, just multiple guys are, are playing better than they've played ever in their career. And you you just feel like that's the D'Amico effect. The guy, the guy that jumped out at me in watching the game last week that I admittedly had no idea what a season he had. Again, this is, the, this is the problem with the Texans playing like all of their games at 1 o'clock during the course of the season <laughs> is that we didn't really get to watch much of them. Jonathan Greenhard, and I know he had a decent season a couple of years ago, but where did this come from that he became such a monster this year? You know what? You, like you mentioned, he showed flashes, and they say your best abilities, your availability. This is the year that he's been available for the most part of the season where you can't say that in the previous years. 
if he played, and I, and I, you know, I said this during the preseason when I was calling some of the preseason games, if Jonathan Grenard plays an entire season or the majority of the season, he's going to be a double-digit sack guy. So he's always had it. You just haven't seen it because it was in the training room. Similar to Nico Collins, who had over 1,200 yards receiving. I mean, he's a legit number one receiver. And before the season, people were just saying, ah, maybe if he could play 14, 15 games, that would be a success. Well, he did that, and he showed what he can do when he's available. So, you know, they've had a couple of young guys, Brevin Jordan, who showed that they could do it, but their problem was they weren't on the field due to injuries. He is Andy Kalou down in Houston. He is with us here on GCR. Andy, let's let's talk about the two guys, right? Let's obviously we'll start with your old teammate D'Amico Ryan's, and I, I think he was a well liked guy. He was obviously a hell of a football player. We all knew that, um, but but instilling this culture and getting this group of guys to believe the way that they had, did you, as someone who know him who knew him, know that he would be able to do it this quickly? Well, first of all, he wasn't well liked. He was loved yeah. by everybody, and yeah. is loved by everybody that had a chance to play with him and, and now play for him. But this is a guy. So when we were teammates, and God, I'm getting old. Back in 2006, I was in year 10, 11 of my career. He was a rookie. The way he took command of our huddle, I, I remember one day I accidentally called him sir because he was just <laughs> so mature and and he was such a born leader from day one. So. When he retired from football, he actually came into my studio and said, hey, Andy, I'm trying to figure out if I want to go into business, if I want to go into media, if I want to go into coaching, can I come in and do the show with you? And not, So we did a whole season of a show together. <clears throat> and then after that, he contacted Shanahan and you know did the coaching thing, and it took off from there. But he's just one of those guys, I tell that story, because even doing my radio show, I thought to myself, man, if he wants to do this, he's going to be – uh, national media. He's going to be on top in this industry uh, in a matter of a couple of years. And then he decides to go to coaching. I was not surprised when he became a hot name. And I'm not surprised at the success that he's having now. But I am a little taken aback about how quickly he's been able to turn this thing around. The C.J. Stroud thing, was there a moment for you when you realized, like, oh, th- this dude, it's not just that he's promising. He's good. <laughs> like, he's this is not like a man. We got hope for the future. This is this guy can go do things immediately. Every week he's shown me that. I, I'm kind of the I don't I don't know if cynic is the right word, Glenn, but I'm the guy that I, for a quarterback I need to see two years. So I'm very excited about the great season he's having. But I've seen Carson Wentz. You know, I used to play for the Eagles. Have a, a, a couple of years. One of where he was an MVP candidate. Yeah. And I don't think I can tell you what team he's playing for. You know, you know, I've seen the one-year wonder. So it's awesome that he's off to this start. But for longevity, I, I need to see two more years of it. Or, excuse me, two full years of it. I understand. I completely understand everything about that. What, what, what has made him – You know, I think everybody saw the game against Georgia a couple of years ago and was like, oh, okay, like this dude's different. What is it uniquely about him? It, like I, to me, it's the he makes throws that I see where he's throwing off his back foot, and I'm like, uh, and all of a sudden, it's it's just breathtaking. He makes drives the ball off his back foot in ways that you wouldn't want a quarterback to be driving the ball <laughs> off his back foot. What is it that's most impressed you about his skill set? between the ears and okay. I don't know if you're if you can call that a skill set but even with those throws where you're saying no don't make that and then you're like oh great throw 
I, I don't think he's just relying on his athleticism. I think he knows what the defense is doing. He understands where the route is going to break. So even those throws that make the fan nervous, he, he understands what he's doing. And this is a guy that they say he's a film rat. Not a gym rat. You know, not a gym rat. He's obviously physically talented. But this is a guy that D'Amico said, D'Amico Ryan's the head coach, he told me, like, I have to tell him, hey, get out of the film room. Like, go do something else besides football. And I love to hear these young guys passionate about their craft, passionate about their sport. When you have some quarterbacks where you have to put in their freaking contract, you have to get off the game uh, what a, what a game console to go study the plays. Mm. This is a guy mm. that is all in on football and very, very smart, high IQ. So I've been most impressed about what he has between the ears. You uh, send like a edible arrangement to the folks in Carolina at all during the course of the year? Like, <laughs> hey, really, really appreciate you guys. Thanks a lot. God, it might go down as one of the most uh, uh, prayers to all of our friends in Charlotte. A um, couple of things, ND. One, the loss of Noah Brown. Um, obviously, you, you, pretty deep. You, you bring up Nico Collins earlier, who's just outstanding. It's a team that already had to deal with the loss of Tank Dell. Now you lose Noah Brown on top of it. Um, how much does it impact them? Are they just deep enough, Robert Woods, the tight ends, that you're not all that concerned about the loss of Noah Brown? Oh, no, you're absolutely concerned about the loss of Noah Brown because you've already lost Nico. Oh, excuse me, you've already lost Tank Dell. So when you lost Tank Dell, you lost your most explosive wide receiver. And the thought was, okay, everybody else just needs to step up. This is the second round of the playoffs. The, the Baltimore Ravens, maybe outside of San Francisco 49ers, the best team in the NFL. You're going against Kyle Hamilton, Justin Matabuike, Patrick Queen. Like you need your dogs. So. To have Noah Brown, who's giving you some big games out, it's it's a big deal. Like I don't think anybody over here is just saying, ah, you know what, somebody else will step up. If we were playing a different team, if it wasn't uh, this Raven defense and this Raven team, then maybe you say, okay, somebody else will just step up. But you you need all your dogs when you're going against uh, the Geno Stones and uh, you know Jadavion Clowney's former Texan of the world. So I, I bring all that up. By the way, how stunned have you been by what you've seen from Javion Clowney, who I, admittedly here in Baltimore, ND, we kind of said when they signed him, like, okay, but we kind of just thought he was a body at this point. Like, we we thought it might be over for Javion Clowney, and he's been brilliant. Like, how surprised have you been by what he's been able to tap into this season? He, he's such a freak of nature. I was actually more surprised when he didn't put up these numbers okay. in the past. I mean, this is a guy – and I watched him very closely. Obviously, that's the position I played. And when I watch football, I just focus naturally on the on the trenches. He's a good football player. Like, this is a guy that it's because he didn't have the T.J. Watt, J.J. Watt sack numbers. They thought that he was a bust. But he could play the run. He could set the edge. He was a freak of nature. I was more surprised that he didn't have this type of season, uh, you know, years past. So, not surprised at all. And I'm happy for him. And then when you saw – how happy he was when he got that last sack and he was, was going to really get a cool. bonus. It was really cool, <laughs> that, man. That was pretty cool to watch. Um, the, you bring up the Ravens, and I, and I say this not trying to take anything away from the Texans whatsoever, but the, the, the two factors, one being the weather, right? This is a Texans team that plays the majority of their games indoors, obviously. Um, it's going to be miserably cold and windy on Saturday in Baltimore. And then just, like the moment to take nothing away I get it that you just want a playoff game against the Browns but with all due respect to our old buddy Joe Joe Flacco is not Lamar Jackson right like they're they're not this is a Ravens team that as you point out has been playing like the best team in football of late 
how how ready are the Texans for the uniqueness of this moment, both the quality of the opponent and the weather circumstances playing in not-so-ideal conditions in January? The weather I'm not concerned about. It's football. Like, like guys that play, even if you're from the South, even if you're – uh, you, you know, you're not the Baltimore Ravens. You, you, like you mentioned um, with C.J. Stroud playing up in Ohio, he's played in some cold weather games. The wind is going to be the biggest issue, but the Baltimore Ravens, they have to deal with the wind as well. My biggest concern, and I don't care how hard you practice, I don't care how many hours you spend in in uh, the meeting rooms, you don't ever get ready for a guy like Lamar Jackson. Like I remember when we would prepare for Michael Vick and mm-hmm. we would put all the elaborate schemes and shutting down the rush lanes and we're going to use a guy to spy him. And then when the game's over, he has 200 yards rushing and 300 yards passing. Like that, That's my biggest concern is just the Lamar Jackson effect. You know, you, you, you hope to have a game where you contain him. And I'll say this, even though he's proven with his well, close to 4,000 yards passing, I don't know what the number is, even though he's proven that he can't throw the ball, the Texans, they need to keep him in the pocket and say, hey, beat us with your arm. And if he does that, then more power to you. But the for me, the biggest concern is uh, the fact that he has receivers. He has explosive receivers. You know, it wasn't just Mark Andrews like we saw a couple of years ago. Yeah. And you just can't you, – you really can't prepare to stop a guy like Lamar Jackson when he says, I'm going to tuck the ball in and run. Can the Texans run the ball – and I, I don't want to take anything away from Singletary. He's had a nice season. But can they if, – if it requires, given the conditions, a more dominant run game, are they capable of doing that on Saturday? Glenn, I really want to get on here and talk trash to the Baltimore folks and say, yeah, they're going to run it down your throat. I, I think they beat you, the Texans. That, no, to answer your question, no, I don't see it because okay. they haven't done it all year. Okay. And now you're playing against one of the best teams. So I, I just don't see it. But where they do beat you is where C.J. Stroud, if the win's a factor, he's doing the medium to short passing and he's choosing sure. the right option sure. and he's just picking you apart. But I, I do not see a scenario where the Singletary, Pierce, Ogumba uh, Wale combined for over 100 yards against this defense. I, I think for the Texans to win, C.J. Stroud is just going to have to pick them apart. So that was going to be my last question, Andy, was what is the roadmap, right? If you had to draw it out right now for the yeah. Texans to be able to come into Baltimore on Saturday, what does the game need to look like? What has to go right for them? Maybe what has to go wrong for the Ravens? You know what has to go right? The Texan defense, they've been very good. They've had a couple of down games, but for the most part, the defense has been an awesome surprise. They're going to have to continue to play like that. They're going to have to have a dominant performance. Uh, we're going to have to see a game similar to – and you know what's interesting? When the Ravens beat the Texans the first, the first game of the season, I believe, you know, Lamar didn't have this huge stat game, but they still dominated the game. So they need to make sure he doesn't have that huge stat game. And then C.J. Stroud just has to utilize every single pass catcher he has on this roster, whether it's Brevin Jordan, uh Robert Woods, Nico Collins. I think that's the way the Texans are going to win this game. If they try to run the ball uh, on this defense and have this basic offense approach, it's going to be a long day for the Texans. At NDKalu, that's K-A-L-U, at NDKalu on Twitter is how you can follow him. ND, is there anything else we can plug for you, man? Oh no no! As a matter of fact, I'm not. If you follow me on Twitter, you'll be disappointed. I can't remember the last. Oh, time you're bailing. Oh, good Twitter. for you. Good for you, Andy. <laughs> yeah. Man, I am jealous. Oh, I'm so jealous of that. It's time for me to get off. It's been time. 
Andy Kalou. Well, not even that. I'm trying to make a statement. I just find myself, I'll be like, man, I just wasted 30 minutes <laughs> looking at stuff that didn't improve bro, my life. Bro, I just lost my- <laughs> man, my, 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 it would improve my mental health so much. I would be in <laughs> such a better place to just stay the hell off. Andy, always appreciate our conversations, man. Thanks so much for taking the time for us. Enjoy the game on Saturday, all right? Pleasure is all mine. Enjoy the game. Andy Kalou from down in Houston, former Texans defensive lineman, now radio personality down that way. Appreciate him taking the time for us. You know, I again, I, I guess the like ten to fifteen. If it's at, at, earlier in the week, it was like fifteen to twenty-five mile an hour winds. I think I've seen it's more like ten to fifteen mile an hour winds. So like maybe not the overwhelming impact. That we were expecting, we'll see how it plays out on Saturday. I, my gut still keeps telling me that this is a game that might require the Texans to have to do more on the ground, and I don't know that they can do it. And listening to Andy Kalou say that sort of fortifies your belief that that's the case. We'll see. We'll see. I keep trying to, I swear to God, I've been like spending more time on the stupid weather. It's so funny how like in, in football circles, people are just like, dude, we're talking about the weather. It's football. You go out and play football. And to some extent, that's true. Obviously, it wasn't true for the Dolphins last week. It impacts, the, I don't know how to explain it. I don't know if it's just a Tua thing because his whole life has been Hawaii, Alabama, Miami. And so, did you see the story yesterday that DeAndre Ayton couldn't get to the game? I did see that. That was DeAndre that Ayton can't be missed there. That has the to be game something else, right? Because he, every, there were like multiple reports that like the team sent people uh, to try to help him. That like his street was a sheet of ice, and he just couldn't get out to get to the game. I, I have no idea how that's possible. Like it smells like. Maybe there needed to be a phone call like six hours earlier. Like, hey, uh, just something I'm noticing. I'm not comfortable. Because people on, on Twitter were like, dude, DeAndre Ayton's lived his entire life in Barbados, San Diego, Tucson, and Phoenix. Like, yeah. It's legitimate that he's maybe never dealt with this before and doesn't know how to handle it. We talked about these people yesterday. We were joking around about there are some people that have never dealt with these situations before or just can't handle them. Now, that's crazy that a professional basketball team and all the money involved couldn't figure out a way during the course of the day to send, like, a dog sled in or something. I don't, I don't know what it would take in order to get the guy out. But DeAndre Ayton couldn't get there. So there are circumstances where, like, weather really can have a greater impact than the people that want to be utterly dismissive of it. And I understand the nature of trying to be utterly dismissive of the impact that weather might have on a football game. To me... It's more about what the reasonable expectations are. We saw the way that the wind in Buffalo in the 20, what was that, the 2020 season where the Ravens played the playoff game in Buffalo? Oh, yes, yeah. The wind in that game was a significant factor. Significant. Same thing with the, just, just the Buffalo game where uh, the Patriots went in and that Monday night game where it was the Patriots ran the ball right. like 70 times right. and Mac Jones maybe threw it twice. I do remember that. The but the the wind, it the cold is one thing. I get it, and it's not supposed to be as cold in Baltimore as it was in Kansas City, obviously. 
but the wind, to me, is a bigger part of the story. It doesn't mean you can't throw the ball, but it's going to have impact on how you try to throw the ball. I'm trying to see if we're at the point where I can get an hourly forecast yet for Saturday. Not I can't. you want to pay. Oh, no, oh. I can only get up to 10 a.m. on yeah. Saturday, yeah. the hourly forecast. There's got to be somewhere else that has... We're all slaves to the Weather Channel and weather. Like, when, when did the? Why did they own the weather exactly? Why is that? Because, because uh, you know, who owns the Weather we Channel? Is that a, is that a, is that a Warner here. Brothers production? Who owns the Weather Channel? Why is it that they own the rights to the weather? I feel like we should be allowed to know what the weather is going to be without having to pay some guy somewhere. Like it feels like the type of fact that's for public safety reasons, and we should be able to get that information. Uh, Allen Media Group. I don't know who that is. Neither do I. Is that Byron Allen? Allen? Is that who owns it? It is Byron Allen, yeah. Well, how about that? I did not know that. Allen Media Group. Saturday. Let me pull up Saturday from AccuWeather and see if they can get me a better hour. Oh, you can't trust AccuWeather. Oh? Are you here? Go war on AccuWeather? All right, 4 p.m. on Saturday. Wind gusts. Wind at 20 miles an hour gusts up to 37 miles an hour at 4 p.m. Now, uh, at 5 p.m., for some reason, the wind is only 18 miles an hour. Thank goodness. And All then right, at so. 6 p.m., it's only 16 miles an hour. It's going down. Non-factor. At, yeah, I don't know about that, but that's pretty significant. I don't remember like what the winds were that na- like the numbers of uh, for the winds in that playoff game against Buffalo. But we all watched the same game. It had a serious impact on everything the Ravens were trying to do, and that was a team that was more predicated on the run, and it still had an impact on what they were trying to do. I can't be dismissive about how the weather could be a factor and the impact that it could be for the Ravens and for the Texans. And it just feels like the Ravens of the two teams are the team that is more suited to be able to change on the fly if the things that they want to do are being impacted by the wind. It also could be one of those days where, like, a decision that you make based on the coin toss could end up being impacted by, hey, we think the wind is more significant in the first half than it's going to be in the second half. So we want to be, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Today's show is also brought to you by the Green Turtle. Cool opportunity for you to take advantage of today at the Green Turtle, Griffin. Uh, yes, because over at the Green Turtle, they have live in-person sports betting now. Uh, just added, and every Thursday at the Green Turtle Sportsbooks in Towson and Canton, they are offering you a free ten-dollar bet on uh, on whatever you like. You got NBA tonight, NHL. I will take. Uh, I'm going to take the Towson plus eleven and a half against Charleston. I don't. This Char- Charleston's good, but I don't think this is you know the Charleston team of uh, you know the, the past couple seasons. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, and you know Towson's going to be hungry for, uh, for for a win. I'm not sure if they'll be able to pull off the win, but uh, I think they I think they keep it close, especially within double digits. So uh, I like Towson plus eleven and a half tonight. So go uh, go ahead and pick up your free ten dollar bet. You can experience the ultimate destination for game day excitement, great food, and live in person betting. Check out the Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbooks in Towson and Canton. Go pick up your free ten dollar bet. Make some money while enjoying some food and sports tonight at the Green Turtle. So before we get to Bo Smolka here in just one second, I uh, I want to point out you got to give credit to Jason Cole. Boy, did he call this with Dallas the other day, didn't he? Said they're not firing Mike McCarthy. They're not going to do it. This is I, 
the way that he drew it out is so important. I, I never for a second believed that Bill Belichick was going to be the head coach of the Cowboys. It, it was asinine the way we were talking about that. Well, he's famous, so they'll hire him. Bill Belichick wasn't going to Dallas. Could you imagine? And, and Jason described it even better than I could. Jason's like, you imagine Jerry Jones doing press conferences and Bill Belichick just sitting there like, yeah, you go ahead and tell, tell, tell everybody about the football team. Do you imagine Bill Belichick putting up with any of that? No effing chance. Apparently, Bill Belichick's got a second interview. I can't imagine how many interviews you need to have with Bill Belichick. Just got to make sure, you know. Do you imagine... Well, you know, we, we, we like what we saw, but we still have some questions about you. He's just tapping his Super Bowl rings on the table. Like, yeah, you do? You have questions? What was it famously when, um, oh, God, when, when Steve Spurrier left Florida for the NFL, they, they wanted him to come back and interview for the Florida job. And he said, like, interview? Go look at your trophy case. Interview, hardly know her. Yeah. Yeah. Nailed it. Nailed it, Griffin. Well done. Well done. Thanks. Thank you. He's like, go look at your trophy case. Interview. Interview for the Florida? Do you know who you are? I am you. I mean, an interview for the Florida job. Um. Anyway, so the, the Cowboys keep Mike McCarthy, and as Jason Cole pointed out the other day, that's because the Cowboys are a vanity project. Like, they're not... They're not really a team whose priority is trying to win. The priority is to prop up Jerry Jones so that he is the Cowboys. And so Mike McCarthy's willing to put up with that. Mike McCarthy, it made all the sense in the world. And I give Jason Cole credit. He laid that out perfectly. He's like, they're not firing Mike McCarthy. What are you talking about? This is you're you're treating the Cowboys like any other team that's trying to win, and that's not what they are. They're a vanity project. They're they're an ego project, and Mike McCarthy is a respectable enough coach who's willing to put up with that stuff, and so Jerry Jones keeps him around. Bill Belichick was never ever going to put up with that. He was never going to be the guy that allowed Jerry Jones to be the public face of a franchise and to give away things about his team in radio interviews. I mean, like, it just was never going to happen. All right, uh, let's get back to Ravens-Texans coming up on Saturday, usually on Fridays, but we got a busy Friday lined up, so we decided that we're going to do this today and appreciate him being flexible with us. He is, of course, Press Box Ravens beat writer and our friend, Mr. Bo Smolka, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Bo, good morning, sir. How you doing? Uh, good morning. I'm fine. Thanks. Uh, first of all, thank you, Bo. It was great to see you out the other night and uh, uh, supporting uh, the, the launch of Goose Flights and supporting uh, Tony Saragusa's foundation. Uh, it really meant a lot to us. And, you know, I, I think it's a statement about how much Tony meant to everybody in this community and, and how much we want to help his family out. Yeah, it was a good event. And I was struck by how many people um, went up to Tony's, basically said that, that, you know, they were, they want. All right. Happy that they had this kind of way to show it. And yeah, it was a great event. Thanks. No, I really appreciate you being there. It really meant a lot, Bo. All right, let's get into this this week. 
Obviously, the conversation around the Ravens starts with Mark Andrews. I, I, I first of all, I got to be honest with you, but I didn't know the teams even listed guys that weren't technically on the roster on the injury report. But they've been doing it, and he was a full participant in practice. What's your gut tell you about whether or not they try to make this happen this week with Mark Andrews? Yeah, I've gone back and forth because, like I said, we at practice uh, on I'm off the days are off, but on Tuesday he made this really one down on his bad ankle, which is taped. And I'll... All right, we got to figure out what's going on with Bo and his phone signal. Don't know what the story is there. I apologize. We'll try to get that squared away. Is Bo Smolka, Pressbox Ravens beat writer, is with us. And if he needs a couple of minutes to get into a different spot, we can do that and call him back in a couple of minutes. If uh, if that's uh, necessary, is I uh, want to make sure that we hear what it is that Bo has to say. Unfortunately, technology is uh, the issue. Do you want me to grab a break, or do you just want to call him right back? It's going to call him right back. That's going to be the plan. Again, Mark Andrews listed as a full participant in practice yesterday. Still not certain that that means that he goes on Saturday. And again, there's also the question of, do you need to? I mean, Isaiah Likely has been brilliant. He's been phenomenal. Do you need to force it if you don't feel like it's 100-100%? I don't know the answer to that. We'll see. We'll see. We'll try to reconnect here with Bo Smolka, Pressbox Ravens beat writer. Bo, sorry about that. Uh, technology lets us down sometimes. But, yes, uh, Mark sure. Andrews, uh, you know, who, who showed back up last week and, again, is up to being a full participant in practice. Yeah, my first thought was they'd probably wait another week and maybe try to get him back for the championship game. And then I got to thinking more about it. And, number one, Mark Andrews is ferociously competitive. And if he gets a chance to be out there, I cannot imagine there's a he wants to be watching the playoffs if he thinks he can be playing. That would point him toward wanting, really wanting to be out there. All right, let's um, let's 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 do this. Let's grab a break, and we'll see if we can't square it away during break. All right, I'm so sorry. This is the way it goes sometimes. Best laid plans of mice and men, just the way that it works. We'll try to call you back, to call Bo back in just a couple of minutes. We'll take a break, and we'll see if we can't reconnect with Bo Smolka. It is a Thursday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code GlennClark23, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-2-3. So bet with the best. And use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. There's so much focus on sports betting these days, but I want to talk about an area that nobody wants to gamble on. Where you choose to go out and spend your hard-earned dollars to eat. The Costas Inn is no gamble at all. The quality on their menu is outstanding, and the value is off the charts with a great and varied list of specials Monday through Friday. And the staples of the menu, whether it's salads, burgers, fish, they're all fantastic. Fantastic. And I haven't even mentioned the crabs or crab cakes yet. So check out the menu for yourself at CostasIn.com. When choosing a place to dine, never gamble on the food you put in your belly. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard or call 410-477-1975 for reservations and your steamed crab orders. What company has the expertise to make your home healthier 
by purifying your air and killing all viruses, allergens, and bacteria. A.J. Michaels, Heating and Air Conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis, ajmichaels.com. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. The latest edition of PressBox is available now, and it's our very special annual Best of issue. On the cover, we celebrate Orioles manager Brandon Hyde as our Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year, and the Orioles as our Team of the Year. With Stan the Fan Charles and Glenn Clark sitting down with Hyde to discuss his role in creating the culture that defined the Orioles' magic season. Also inside, we recognize the top people, performances, and moments of 2023. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Ravens, Terps, and O's at PressBoxOnline.com. Hey, Ravens fans, looking for the perfect new game day brew? Get a Guilford, Baltimore's finest craft beer, during the next home game at the bank. That's not all. Gather your flock next home game and check out Guilford Hall Brewery's brand new bar, The Gilly Nest, located near Section 505. No tickets? No problem. Enjoy all Ravens games all season long at our restaurant and brewery in Station North. Guilford Hall Brewery, European tradition, Baltimore charm. Sure, Glenn may be in his 40s now, but he looks just as good as he ever has, and he's still as sharp as he ever was. And I say both those things without even a shred of irony. Find out for yourself right now by watching the show at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports or YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. Project Game Day returns on Saturday, immediately following Ravens-Texans, myself, Rita, Femi, KZ, Andrew Stecka, Josh Charles, the whole crew hanging out with you, reacting to whatever happens in the Ravens' divisional round playoff matchup. Come hang out with us, facebook.com slash pressboxsports, youtube.com slash pressboxonline. Project Game Day is brought to you by A.J. Michaels, Superbook Sports, and HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. We will see you for Project Game Day this Saturday. All right, let's try to reconnect Pressbox Ravens beat writer Bo Smolka. Bo, we were trying to get into that conversation about Mark Andrews, and you were talking about how you, you think he, as a competitor, is going to want to be out there this Saturday. Well, I, I think there's no question about that. Uh, he's, I, I can't imagine he wants to sit and watch the playoffs. And the other thing I was going to say was there's a lot of people I've heard say, well, you know, Likely's playing great, so – Let's not do anything with Mark Andrews that might complicate him and hurt him or, you know, push any injury to 2024. And I can understand that argument, but my argument would be you're two games away from the Super Bowl right now, and you have no idea what's going to happen in 2024. So I think you have to play for now. Um, And I think Mark Andrews would want to play for now. I don't know if he's going to play. But And I know John Harbaugh probably does know whether he'll play, and I think he loves the fact that the Texans don't know. Sure. So they have to be ready to ready for him. But I think if he can go, I think he's going to try to go. That said, there are two roster spots available for the Ravens right now. Are Darius There's Wan- actually three. There I, are three now because they got rid of Melvin Gordon yesterday. I thought they signed Dalvin Cook to the active roster to take his spot. Oh, I th- okay. Uh, I, yep. I thought that was to take one. So I have to. Okay. So if, if, if that's correct, I thought that's what we saw this morning. I thought that was what Adam Schefter said, but we'll double-check that right now, Bo. Um, if that's correct, is it possible that it's not Mark Andrews and that instead it's Devin Duvernay and Ardarius Washington? 
Yeah, that's definitely possible. I mean, those guys have been working, um, and it's, you know, Devin Duvernay is back to being a full practice participant, and Tyler Wallace has not practiced this week. He's dealing with a knee injury, so I think Devin Duvernay is almost certainly going to be back. Um, and Ardarius Washington could be another one. So you could have those two. Uh, yes, to answer your question, that's definitely a possibility. So, by the way, Adam Schefter did confirm that Dalvin Cook was signed to the uh, – he said that the um, his he was told by his agents that he's going to the 53-man roster. So it might not be official yet, to your point, Bo, but that's um, that's the word from Adam Schefter is that Dalvin Cook will take one of the roster spots. So, so the Marlon Humphrey thing, obviously, would be the disappointing part for the Ravens. We would presume that at this point it's unlikely that someone who hasn't been on the practice field at all is going to get out there today and be able to go on Saturday – um, I, I, again, as concerning as that seems, this is the part where we say the crazy thing is the Ravens ultimately have been so deep in the secondary. I, I, I don't know that they're panicked about the idea of not having Marlon Humphrey on Saturday. Well, I think it goes back to it. it, it again, it raises the point of how good Brandon Stevens has been for yeah. them this year and how important he's been. Uh, because, again, I go back to spring the OTAs. Brandon Stevens was playing safety and we watched him playing safety and the thought was he would be a safety. Um, they were had these other cornerbacks in there. And then of course, one after another got hurt. They asked Brandon Stevens to go back and play corner and he's been a great cornerback all year. So the fact that Humphrey can't go, but you have Brandon Stevens is, is really big. And then of course you're asking a guy like Ronald Darby or, um, you know, Someone will roll in. Arthur Mollette will play in the slot sometimes. So there, there's other options. But I, I go back to the fact that I think Brandon Stevens' development at cornerback there is one of the most important stories of the year. I, I, couldn't, I could not agree more. It's unbelievable how much it has changed things for the Ravens. Bo Smolka, Pressbox Ravens beat writer with us here on GCR. Bo, of course, you know, when we talk about storylines this week, so much of it is the, the comparison to what happened in 2019 and the Ravens being the one seed and flaming out. I, I keep coming back to how much better I believe this team to be than even that team. And it starts with Lamar Jackson, who, as good as he was then, it, it's otherworldly how he is seeing the field, how the game is slowed down for him, the way that he's playing – I can't see the future, but it would just shock me for the Ravens to not be up and to be for this to get away from them quickly the way that it did in 2019 against the Titans. Me too. And I think the most important thing is it already happened to these guys. And I think that's significant. And I, and no, not a lot of them because these rosters turn over. There was only, I think eight or nine guys that were even there in 2019, but Lamar Jackson was one of them. And he knows it, and the guys that were there definitely know it. Um, and I think that will that has to kind of be in their mind, I think, in a good way. Some people might think it's in their mind in a bad way if things start out poorly. But I don't think that would be the case. I think they're going to be on point in that respect. I mean, back then, Lamar Jackson said after that season – so many words. It wasn't direct, but you could tell that basically what he was saying was they were kind of looking past them and they were thinking about playing the Kansas City Chiefs here in a championship game and they were fired up about that possibility. And then, of course, the Titans come in here and beat them. And John Harbaugh kind of took offense to the suggestion that the team was looking past the Titans, but the players seem to kind of obliquely mm-hmm. reference that. And so I just can't imagine those players that were would even remotely be in that frame of mind this time. 
Um, and, and I think on the elemental level, it's just a better team. It's a better offense and it's a better defense. I talked to Josh Bynes about it yesterday, and he kind of alluded to something similar, Bo. And I just I can't fathom that being the case. Whether they win the game or not, you know, we'll see. But I just can't fathom that being the case. The other comparison, of course, that so many people have brought up is the fact that the Ravens beat the Texans in Week One this season. And like the you know the dumb guy response was, "Well, that was a different Texans team back then." And there's no doubt that that's the case. They're obviously a lot better. But like the other side of the story is, I, I think it's a different Ravens team than it was in week one. I think it's a better Ravens team right now than in week one, and I feel like that's kind of being missed as we talk about the comparison. No, that I, that's a lot of people have pointed that out as well, and it, you're right. I mean, you go back to that week one game. Lamar Jackson was playing his first game since December. He hadn't played in the preseason at all. He hadn't played one game yet with Todd Munkin calling the plays. Um, uh, Mark Andrews didn't play, may not play this time, but Zay Flowers had not played an, a regular season game yet, had not played with Lamar Jackson at all. In a, in a game, they were – Kyle Van Noy was still two weeks away from even being on the team. Right. So a lot of things were changed. The Ravens were a very different team as well. Um, they Both teams have kind of evolved over the year. They've grown, and they've both, they've both earned where they are. Let's face it, the Texans have really improved, and so have the Ravens. No, there's no question about it. And look, I you know I, I think this, the Texans are a scary team, but I just – I think the Ravens are playing really, really good football. Um, Bo, the, we mentioned Dalvin Cook a minute ago. I, I don't know what to make of it. It's a third running back type of situation. I, I can't fathom that they're planning on changing a whole lot about a running back duo and a tandem that's been working. Um, this seems like it's more maybe there's a couple of snaps for them, and it's more, hey, if something were to go wrong and they'll knock on all the wood they can find. I, I don't expect Dalvin Cook to have like a, a, a particularly significant role, right? It's, that's my thought as well. Uh, when they've had Melvin Gordon up as the third running back, I mean, there's games he hasn't even touched the ball. There's a couple of games he didn't even get on the field. Now, I think Dalvin Cook probably will be involved a little more than that, but I still think he will be a third running back. And as you said, though, I mean, it's not, anything could happen. Justice Hill could go down in the right. first quarter, and now you have him there. But I, I, don't, I don't see a scenario where they kind of – equitably rotate three backs in there like Greg Roman used to do. I, I'd be surprised. That's not what they've done all year. Is there anything else, Bo, that stands out for you in how this game is going to play? I, I guess the weather is the thing that we haven't really talked about, and the winds are expected to be significant. And, of course, I think we all remember you know, the winds in Buffalo back in the 2020 season and that playoff game and the impact they had. Is there anything else that you think is significant as far as storylines about this game and this matchup? I mean, let's face it, everything's here, everything here going into this week is framed by that 2019 game. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, the weather will be a factor. But um, the, 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 the comparisons to 2019 are inevitable, and they have to be kind of hovering around the building all week. But like I said, the thing I, I go back to is it's already happened to those people once. And that, I think, is really significant in terms of their frame of mind this week. Um, you and why two years or four years ago now it is, or five, I guess, they were, they had won, I think, 12 games in a row going into the playoffs. They were 14 and two. They knew they were great. They were reading their headlines. They were ready for the Chiefs, blah, 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 and they just tripped. And I just don't, I, I think that informs that locker room this week. Now, that's not to say that a fumble or two changes everything in this game, but. I just think the frame of mind this week is a lot different than the frame of mind going into that Texans game. 
I think you're right about that. I think you're right about it, Bo. We will see how it plays out. Of course, at B Smolka is how you follow him on Twitter. Pressboxonline.com is where you see all of his stuff. Bo Smolka, always appreciate you. One way or another, we'll be talking to you next week. Thanks so much as always, my friends. All right, Glenn, thanks. Take care. Bo Smolka with us here on GCR, Pressbox Ravens beat writer, getting us ready for Ravens-Texans on Saturday. I have had a couple of people. I've I've done you know like I did my the, the, the Veasan out in Las Vegas had me on yesterday, and the other side of this equation, the what if it were to go wrong, has come up. I haven't talked about it much because I genuinely don't think it's going to go wrong, but it's out there. And obviously, if it were to go wrong, we would have a hell of a conversation on our hands next week. It's ironic that KZ is going to join us in a couple of minutes because you know what he's going to say. What if it were to go wrong? Fire the coach. There would be extreme consternation. Now, some of it would depend on how the game goes. It would. Some of it would be like if if CJ Stroud puts together a miracle drive and you know, there's a goofy tip ball, questionable penalty. Like, those things would matter. But no matter what, the Ravens losing to a team that they are two-score favorites against at home, there would be consternation. Would it cost somebody a job? No. Stop. Stop. We just... I get it. And as I said, by the way, like, if the Ravens were to lose on Saturday, the, the Dallas Cowboys are a laughing stock. And if the Ravens were to lose on Saturday, the reason why the Cowboys are a laughing stock is because they always lose in the playoffs, right? Like, it's, it's, set, it's like clockwork. If the Ravens were to lose on Saturday, then the Dallas Cowboys would have more playoff wins in the last decade than the Ravens do. So... What does that say? I, and I, I don't like it. I always, Every time somebody brings up that number, I always say it's devoid of context. And I do think it's devoid of context. Because some of those years weren't disappointments. Some of those years it was miraculous. You're really measuring the 2022 Ravens by the fact that they lost in the playoffs? It's a miracle they were competitive in the playoffs, and they had a chance to win despite the fact that Tyler Huntley tried to dive in from the two-yard line. It's devoid of context when we just brainlessly say it because we don't like John Harbaugh, but it would be relevant because now you point out that this would be another all of the all of the regular season success and little to show for it in the playoffs. In that way, there is a great deal of pressure on Lamar Jackson and John Harbaugh. And in that way, if you're worried about that and the impact it might have, if, you know, Bo brought up the the other side of it, like, that, hey, is, is, is 2019 in the back of their minds if they fall behind early in this game? Maybe. Is the pressure of oh my god this is our reputation this is who we are is that in their minds 
Maybe. Maybe. I still maintain that it's more likely an anomaly. We're measuring the first three seasons of someone's career. Is it really fair to judge Lamar Jackson in 2024 by what happened in 2018 when he had played a half a season running largely a gimmick offense And lost a playoff game. It's part of what we fall back on, right? When we say he's 1-3 and in the playoffs. But is it actually fair? Would there be a different narrative if Lamar Jackson had been healthy the last two years? Is part of the reason we fall back on only one playoff win in the Lamar Jackson era, is it because Lamar Jackson just hasn't been on the field? I still believe it to be an anomaly to this point. If they were to lose Saturday, you can't call it an anomaly anymore. It's who you are. It's your identity at that point. For some people, it's your identity now. Reasonable thinking people can say, that's not fair. That's, that's not right. You can get a, a mulligan for this happening once where you're the best team in football and then you, you know, pee down your leg in the playoffs. You can get a mulligan one time. It happens again. Again. It's it's the rule. So I, I haven't spent a lot of time talking about it this week or thinking about it because I don't believe that's who the Ravens are. I genuinely believe they're a better team than the Houston Texans. I genuinely believe they're going to win this game on Saturday. But if they don't, undoubtedly, it, they're the Cowboys. That's who they are. I mean, that's, that's the reality of the circumstances. Somebody would say they're the Cowboys, and I wrote about it in my column at Pressbox this week, if they don't make the Super Bowl, if they lose next week. Even though they have two Super Bowls since the Cowboys last. It's just, it, 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 now you're going past a decade in order to talk yeah. about that. Like, there's got to be a reasonable amount of time with which you measure a franchise and say, what have you accomplished? And to say, well, yeah, but look at what happened 12 years ago. Again, I don't. that's a conversation that we will only have if we have to have it. We don't need to have it today because I don't think it's going to be the story. I don't believe they're going to lose the Texans, but they could. They could. Anything can happen. And if they do, we'll be talking about these things. What does it mean? I think a lot of people have pointed out, like, this This is, it's never lined up like this for the Ravens. The, the, the closest comparison, honestly, the funny part would be the 2011 team, right? Like, the 2011 team, things lined up for. They look good, right out of the chute. Getting the, the first round by. Like- All of it. And and Joe Flacco outplaying Tom Brady in New England in a championship game. It was all lined up for the 2011 team. They were reasonably healthy. Things were going well. 2012, things weren't lining up at all. I mean, the Terrell Suggs thing was a disaster. Ray Lewis gets hurt. They can't win a game down the stretch. They get throttled by the Broncos. I mean, embarrassed by the Broncos. The only, like... 
I remember they got embarrassed by the Texans. They got blown out in Houston. The only thing that really lined up for that Ravens team was the the goofiness of the Ray Rice play in San Diego, right? Like that's the only like really good fortune they had during the course of that season. That was skill. We know that. To some extent, right? But there was also some luck in the question about where the ball was spotted. Oh, he got it. I, I, here's what I know. I don't know definitively that he got it, but I also know, don't think definitively they could have overturned it. Like, there was definitely nothing that proved that he didn't get it when you went and looked at the replay. We don't really need to rehash that. But the point is that things didn't really line up for them in 2012. It was just sort of this miraculous run in the playoffs. In 2011, things really lined up for the Ravens right up until Lee Evans couldn't hold on to the football. And then everything Steve until Hauschka, the final. Every, it wasn't Hauschka. Oh, oh Condit. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Oh, where am I? Don't put that evil on him. <laughs> everything until the final two plays of the season was lined up for the 2011 Ravens. The, the argument that this year is a year where things have lined up the most, it, it's hard to debate that. Everything has worked out. Everything. We've talked about this the last few weeks. Arthur Millette has worked out. Jadeveon Clowney, Kyle Van Noy, Odell Be- They've all worked. They've had some bad injury luck, but not the overwhelmingly bad injury luck. They lost two running backs for the season that would have been helpful, but they had running back depth. They lost Mark Andrews for a stretch, but might get him back. They've had fairly good fortune. Tyus Bowser, that's bad. That's bad luck. But they've had fairly good fortune in comparison to other teams in other years, certainly in comparison to recent Ravens history. They've had better luck. The coordinators have been slam dunks. Everything has the lined-up factor is astronomical. It's through the roof this year. Now, does that mean that they can't be back in this situation a year from now? Absolutely not. I mean, we don't even know that either of these coordinators is going to get a job. They might both be back with this team. It might be that whoever they draft in the first round is even better and even more impactful. Like, I I can't say that when we say it all lines up for the Ravens, other people like to say that makes it sort of like a now or never comparison. I don't buy into that. It's not now or never to me. Right. The 2011 team, you know, the very next season. Yeah. Again, the 2011 team was who everything lined up for, and then a year later, the team that had all of the bad luck ended up being the one that won the Super Bowl. So I'm not... The now or never thing is nonsense to me. The Well, if you don't do it this year, you're never going to do it. What the... What do you see about this team? Like, they might, they might lose Patrick Queen. That would be a bummer. Trenton Simpson looked pretty good in Week 18. But what do you see falling apart about this team? Now, they might have worse injury luck next year. There's, there's things that could go wrong. But I don't see this as now or never. It's just the now seems really good. Like, go ahead and take advantage of it right now because it looks really good right now. All right, let's make our picks for the divisional round. Joining us now, he is, of course, our friend. I know he was in here last week helping us out, and he also uh, went out of his way in the snow to be there to help us uh, launch goose flights on Monday night, he and his son Jonah, and I appreciate that. Not that his son Jonah was drinking. I want to make that abundantly clear if anybody's listening. Not the case whatsoever. He was just there helping us with the launch on Monday. He is our buddy Ken Zalis, and he's back with us on GCR. What's going on, pal? How are you? Not much. Hey, how's everything? Everything is good, man. Thank you for coming out on Monday night. I really appreciate that. It's... Oh, no problem. 
I mean, the kid looks 25. He really does. I would bet that he wouldn't even be carded. I would bet. <laughs> he, would, he would not be. He yeah. never is. Every time that Ken is. posts a picture, like, Greed and I will joke about this. We're like, who is that? Who is that human that he is sharing on the timeline? Uh, it's starting to happen like that with Drew's son. I don't know if you've seen Drew's son recently. I have. I have. Dude, he yeah. brought him in studio on Monday when Drew and I were doing radio. And I looked over. I'm like, what are you, 40? Like, what is going yeah, on? Yeah, it's, cra- it's crazy. It's crazy. Because we've all, you know, it's funny. We all grew up together in, in, a, in a sense. Yeah. Uh, we've known each other all for so long. And we all remember when these kids were born and... Then you turn around and where does 19 years go? I, I am I Drew and I started working together when Ethan was a baby. It is wild, mm-hmm. wild to me. All right, pal. Um, you know, I, before we get into picks, I got to tell you there was, and I haven't talked about it yet on the show. I had a moment this week where the depressions, like I'm, I'm dealing with two very different emotions. There's the emotion of the excitement about the Ravens and them playing meaningful games, and then there's the flip side emotion, which was. I looked at next week's schedule and I realized we've had the last weekday football game that we're going to have until September. And that is a level of depression that really hit me in a bad way that we're not going to have another weekday football game again until September. That's not okay with me. Well, it's not okay uh, because we all love football and we love, you know, what, what we do with it. But the fact that the Orioles are relevant again and once it helps. again they You're have not wrong. the top the top overall prospect in baseball for the third year in a row, it makes it a little bit easier to swallow than it used to yeah. because you just felt like the your depression was right because you had nothing to look forward to starting in February uh, for six months. So um, yeah, it's there. It's it's it it you know it all it always sucks. I I always when the the crux of the fantasy football season is over. Yeah, that one stings. The end of college it football just sucks, season. But, that, yeah, that, but, but, that, but we first, have something to look forward to. You're right about that. T- that first Saturday where there's not college football really hits right, me. Right. Like That one hits me in a way. It's like the first, like, oh, no. And then, to your point, the end of fantasy football season, it strikes you. And then I'm telling you, just looking at the schedule for next week and being like, there's not there's no football to watch. There's already no football to watch on Thursday nights. There's no football to watch on Monday nights. And I know what you're talking about. We'll get there with baseball, but it's miserably right. cold. We're all stuck inside. There's nothing to do, and there's nothing that we care about watching next Monday night. For me, I'll be watching tennis, obviously, because that's what I care about. Maryland basketball is very meh. Like It's just a very depressing feeling to realize you're stuck inside for a couple of months with very little to watch on a Monday or Thursday night. That's the re- what the reality of what I'm dealing with. All right. Yeah, last last Thursday was weird because it's like, oh, what what am I watching? Right. Oh yeah. That, what am that, I doing? It, we all complain about Thursday night football right until the first Thursday where right, we don't have football. Until we don't have it. And then we're like, right. oh God, please come back. Please give me a Jets game to watch, please. <laughs> That's the way it goes. All right. So I don't know if uh, Griffin remember to do this uh, because you're a couple games behind. If you want to switch any of the picks, the the, oh, the okay. picks that yeah. you sent Griffin last night, are you going to be inclined to want to switch any of them? Um, hang, because if you are, only uh, the it, only if you hang on, hang one, on, hang on. If you yeah. are, say yes, and then I'll have Griffin pick up the phone, and you can tell him which games you want to switch from. Because that's I, we're not going to do this on the air. We've made this a, ver- a rule oh. over the years. You don't get to change your pick based on what you saw somebody else pick. Oh, well, I mean, 
There's only one, but I'm probably going to stick with what I said. All right. All right. right. You're confirming you're sticking with it? Yeah. All right. Very good. So I have to call him out if he... No, he just doesn't if get to change. He, he, he doesn't uh, get to yeah, change now. It's That's... not calling me out. It's just reminding me what I did at whatever okay. time yeah. I did it last okay. night. All right, here's where we are. It is divisional round. There is very little at stake any longer. Jeremy Kahn is our loser. Jeremy Kahn will be taking an Irish dance lesson. He will be coming in and performing that Irish dance while dressed as the Notre Dame mascot. He will also be singing Nothing Compares to You and Zombie. He will be consuming blood sausage, haggis, and tripe. Can't wait for that while washing it all down with a Will Levist Irish coffee. It is going to be a delightful morning. It would be really great if we could line this up for around St. Patrick's Day. I don't know if we can talk to Jeremy about that. Yeah. There's also some other people that owe us punishments. you got to right. get back on top I of do. that, Griffin. we got to nail those things down. But if we could start talking to Tim and Bel Air and Jeremy about whether or not we could line this up around St. Patrick's Day, that would be a big win. All right? All right. Please take care of that. Jeremy's the big loser. The next loser, the vice loser, is Griffin. It has been clinched. He has no mathematical path forward. He will be going to see Creed. He's uh, already staring down. He might have already purchased his <laughs> ticket to see Creed at Hershey Park next summer. He's very excited you about think it. prices will go down, you think? Maybe I don't know. I think there could be extraordinary demand. You think? If the Rangers get off to a hot start this season. He's talking about Creed again. Everyone in Hershey. It could be a serious Hershey, demand gonna... for the Creed tickets. Uh, Griffin will be going to see Creed this summer so the only thing that's at stake is a little bit of cash at the top of the table and right now myself and john and little rock are tied going into the divisional round it's been a very good season for our crew like we've never had a season like this griffin really let us down because griffin and jeremy let us down because everybody else is over 500 for the year we've never had that before paul valley is 88 and 83 and hopeless and that would have never been the case in the past this has been an outstanding year for our group uh, John and Little Rock and I are both 98 and 73. Casey is three games behind. So Casey is still alive. Andrew Steck is four games alive, back and still alive. Everybody else is mathematically still in it besides Paul Valley. So um, John Proctor, Nick Kelly, Ryan Chell, Kyle Ottenheimer mathematically still alive, but it would it, it almost impossible at this point. Very unlikely they can get back in it. So just the top of the table still to be decided here, and Ken is still alive, and I am tied for the lead. All of our lines are brought to you by Superbook. Again, use the code GlennClark23 when you sign up at Superbook, and you'll receive up to a $250 first bet match, same-day first bet match, win or lose. Again, Superbook.com. Download the Superbook app. Use the code GlennClark23. We'll save the Ravens game for last, so we begin on Saturday night. That is correct. Uh, by the way, Stan the fan, uh, he, his picks. He went five and one last week. Mm-hmm. His only miss was uh, the Dallas game. That's weird because in our pick contest, he went four and two. So what did he change? Who cares? Who cares? There was no side bet. We really. This is the other yeah. thing too. Is in the playoffs, we've done a better job of having side bets. We haven't done a great job with that. We got to at least for the like the next two weeks, and there's only two games, and then one game. We got to come up with better side bets. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right fair. Uh, Saturday night is where we where we are starting on Fox uh, at eight fifteen after the Ravens game. Green Bay is going to Santa Clara to take on the Forty ers and uh, the Niners are laying nine and a half points. Of course, everybody will be a little late getting to this game because they'll be joining us for Project Game Day immediately right. following the Ravens game. So we'll get they'll get there. You'll get to that. Although there's been a good break between these games. These games have been well paced yeah. in the yeah, playoffs, and there's been a, a little break between the games. Um. 
I want to. I really want to take Green Bay here. Like I really want to say I'm a believer in what they're doing. When Christian Watson's been healthy, they have played well. It has been significantly different with Christian Watson on or off the field. But I can't do it. The 49ers are the best team in the NFC, bar none. I I know it's a big number, but I I just like the 49ers. 49ers is the pick. Yeah, I, I agree here, although that doesn't help my cause. Um, it seems like it's a number that everybody you know, are begging you to take Green Bay based off of last week. You know, you, you're surprised that the number is so big. But the 49ers are, are just a different animal. Uh, unfortunately, Green Bay probably lost a couple of defenders um, last week, uh, you know, got banged up. I, I, I just I think the 49ers are going to the Super Bowl, so I'm going to take the 49ers in a rather easy game. Uh, so last night, Ken, you did tell me uh, that you were going to take uh, the, the Packers. Did I? Yeah. Oh, see? So I guess I'm taking the Packers. Okay. Uh, I don't like it. I don't want to take This is the ironic part because, as Ken pointed out, this actually doesn't help him to switch no, to the doesn't. 49ers. So, so it's fine. I'll allow it. <laughs> if you want to switch to the 49ers, I'll allow it. I mean, I, I like doing this for real and telling you my – Why do you send oh, it? Hold on. Hold on. I, I lied. I lied. I, I messed up there. Ken is, <laughs> Ken is on the Niners. Ken is on the Niners. Oh, my God. My fault. My fault. My fault. The hell is going on? Hold on. Right. I'm bringing up my picks now. No, I, I'm looking at them. I'm, I'm looking yeah, at them I'm right on now. the Niners. You're, you're right. You're right. You're right. My fault. going on? Uh, I feel the same way. I, I, uh, I really want to take the Packers, too. Um, like, you know, they're a young team and, you know, you feel like they don't know what they don't know, but I think the Niners are, are really good. I think the bye will, will do them a lot of good. And I think their first couple drives are probably going to be pretty scripted and they may come out and score, you know, in their first two or three drives. And that may be a, a really, and that's going to be a really tough hole for the Packers to dig out of. So I'm i uh, I'm taking the 49ers as well. Joining us on the 49ers is John Proctor, uh, as well as Andrew Stetka and Jeremy Kahn. Ooh, so John and Little Rock. John is and Little going Rock. the other way. We Defer. Kyle on the Packers, uh, Dr. Nick Kelly, and Ryan Schell on the All Packers right. as well. Very good. Uh, Sunday. Into Sunday at 3 p.m. on NBC, Tampa Bay taking on the Detroit Lions in Detroit, and the Lions are laying six and a half points. 3 p.m. starts. It's another one where, like, I, I'm flirting with it. Like that's a, that's a good number, too. But I just don't believe in the Buccaneers, man. I don't. Like, everybody can tell me what a good story Baker Mayfield. And I... I actually am, and I don't really care because, you know, who cares about the Buccaneers? This comes off like almost like purgatory for the Buccaneers. Baker Mayfield's been just good enough that they almost can't get rid of him. They have to commit to him and stick it out with him. And I just don't think he's good enough to actually win something with. I I feel like you're kind of stuck in purgatory right now. This is where what the Browns felt a couple years ago, right? When the Browns said, we don't think the Baker Mayfield's good enough, but we can only move on from him if we can do better. And it led to them giving out maybe the worst contract in football history. Um, this is still the same team that with everything at stake at the end of the year, lost to the Saints when they had a chance to wrap up the division, and then turned around and scored nine points, nine, with their life on the line against the worst team in football. I get it. They look good on Monday night against an Eagles team that had decidedly quit. The Lions, I don't think have quit. And if anything, I think they got the pressure off that that last week was everything. The nerves that had to be involved with that game. Now, I think the pressure's off, 
I think you're playing a team that's not nearly as good as the team you played a week ago. I I don't love the number, but I just like the Lions a lot here, and less than a touchdown is not going to scare me off of it. Detroit is the pick. Still not helping my cause, but uh, preseason I was on Detroit. Never, never waved, waved from that. Um, love Tampa's spot last week, but more so because of what the Eagles became this year and and like and you put it the right way they quit uh i i think this is a blood in massive proportion i i don't i don't think that that tampa's ready for what detroit a relaxed like you said detroit team um is gonna bring them they don't stop the run great detroit's gonna run all over them um i uh i'm gonna disagree with you guys here uh Great. Like you it matters. Like you've been ter- on Detroit ter- all year. You're terrible at this. So all go ahead. All year you've been on Detroit. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm worried about golf going against the blitz because we know Todd Bowles is going to blitz him. Like he blitzed the crap out of uh, Jalen Hurts. So uh, I'm I don't I don't trust Garrett, Jared Goff enough uh, right now. And you know the lines the have never Detroit been can here. run. Okay, so Philadelphia can't. They they're incapable of it. Well, I don't know. Vita Vea will, will, will clog up some uh, okay. some some of, the, some of those holes there. Uh, I'm you know I'm gonna take the Bucks here. It, it seems too big of a too sure. big. Why not? You, too big. You literally when we say if you have nothing to lose, we mean that you have nothing to lose. You have Ta- nothing to gain either. We are largely split. Uh, I'm not I'm not not alone on the Buccaneers. On the Bucks as well as uh, is Paul Valley, Kyle Ottenheimer, John Proctor. And uh, Jeremy Kahn. All right. Yeah, All right. Like so John and Little Rock and I are together on that one. Correct. Correct. Um, to Sunday night. Well, Sunday, I guess, evening. Kansas City at Buffalo, 6.30 p.m. start on CBS. And uh, the, bu- the the Buffalo Bills are laying two and a half. This is the hardest one of the weekend, by far. I mean, by far the hardest one of the weekend. Because you know the Bills are the better team. But requires them to do and I also realized they went to Kansas City and beat the Chiefs this year but it requires them to do it when it matters and this is one of those and I'm sure there will be people that will feel the same way about the Ravens like you you got to show it to me before I just believe you're going to do it Kansas City's defense is outstanding it is as legit as it gets and Rishi Rice has proven to be the guy they have a couple of weeks ago, we thought they had zero wide receivers. They have one now. They have one that's legitimate. I, And they still have Travis Kelsey, although Travis Kelsey has been dropping like every third ball that's thrown his way. It's been very weird. Um, I'm going to choose to believe in Buffalo, and I, it could end up costing me the money, but I'm going to choose to believe that the better team at home is go- and the hotter team is going to win this football game. And if they're going to win... The likelihood of the points coming into play is slim, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Buffalo. So I I do agree with you. Uh, I I think Buffalo is the better team. I think they've played better for the last month and a half. Um, but I saw this as a as one of the chances that I could pick up a point, sure. and I assume most people would take Buffalo. Um, it's never bad to get points when you have Patrick Mahomes in a in a playoff game. Even though I believe this is his first road playoff yeah, game, it's crazy, isn't it? It's nuts. It's isn't nuts. that crazy? Um, so I my heart's not into this pick, but 
there is a little bit of cash at stake. So I have to I have to find spots where I can find spots. So I went with Kansas City. I don't blame you. Um, you know the uh, the bill. I'm worried about the Bills' defense. They're they're very banged up right now. Um, they're gonna have to run the ball, I think, to to kind of help the defense out. And Josh Allen has been very turnover prone this season. Uh, you know, last week I I don't want to call it an anomaly. Um, but like you know, I don't think he's gonna go turnover list uh, again. Um, so I think he and I think Mahomes will you know make him pay for that. Uh, on the other side though, the Chiefs have only beat one playoff team all season. And uh, that was, of course, the Miami Dolphins. They beat them twice when they in Germany and last week. And they had lost to the Lions, the Eagles, the Packers, the Bills. So, you know, the, the Chiefs, I, I'm, I, they, they, have, they have Patrick Mahomes. And, uh, and I'm not strong enough to go, go against Taylor Swift either. So, uh, so I, will be, I will be taking the Kansas City Chiefs. Very well. good. Very good. Uh, joining Glenn on the Bills is Paul and Kyle, John Proctor on the Bills, uh, Dr. Nick Kelly, Ryan Shell on the Bills as well. So John and Little Rock Ooh, is on the Kansas City Chiefs. We separate on two games so far this mm-hmm. weekend. Probably means we split them, if I had to guess. <laughs> uh, two, the game of the week. Open up the weekend, Saturday at 4.30 on your uh, ABC ESPN networks. Uh, Houston Texans at the Baltimore Ravens. And the Ravens are laying nine and a half points against C.J. Stroud. Ravens, three and seven all time in Saturday playoff games. I had a caller call into the show the other night, and I was like, I think I hate you now. <laughs> three and seven. It's very weird. And they're like, I, I don't remember what their record is. It's something like 15 and three all time in Sunday yeah, playoffs. Something games. like that. Or was it 13 and five, maybe? Or, something. Yeah. Whatever it is, it's it's weird. What a, what a strange anomaly that is. Um, they're also, as I pointed out to Griffin earlier, the last 10 games, going back to 2021, when they have been favorites of more than a touchdown, they are one and nine against the spread in those games. Now, for what it's worth, the one was the game against the Texans earlier this season. Different Texans team, different Ravens team. I am just, I, I am so bullish about Lamar Jackson right now that I'm, I'm willing to be hurt. Like, I'm so bullish about the way this kid is playing and seeing the game and how the game is slowed down for him and what he's doing that... You, it's possible if this, they were two touchdown favorites, I might still take them. I don't know, but I might. I, I don't want to be disrespectful to the Texans who deserve to be here, but I would make a similar point about the Texans. Like, down, t- tell me who their statement wins were again. Tell me how we know they're ready for this. With all due respect to the Browns, you keep saying. Well, you know, they might have success against the Ravens' defense. They had success against the Browns' defense. Well, it also inquired, in, that required two pick sixes as well. I, I don't know that the Texans are ready for this. I think this is a different animal. And so I am going to continue to be confident in Lamar Jackson and the way he's playing football, which is unlike anyone that I've ever seen play the quarterback position in Baltimore. I, you know, it's impossible for me to compare to prime Johnny Unitas because I wasn't alive for it, but we've, this is un, it's unheard of the way that we're watching this young man and the faith that I have him is so through it through the roof that I will go with the Ravens despite it being a big number. It's a shockingly big number. It's a shockingly big number. And the one thing that the Ravens has been sort of their Achilles heel this year has been teams that are willing to run the ball against them. And I don't, 
you know, the Stroud story is great, and he's, you know, rookie of the year, deservedly so, and he's played great and played great in the in the playoff game. But Singletary is going to be the key to this game, and whether if they get behind, are they willing to commit to the run against the Ravens team that little vulnerable at times during the run during the year? Um, nine and a half is huge. I could pick up a point here. I thought I thought Glenn with his purple glasses yes, you know would me. take the Ravens. You know me. But this is a different Ravens team. I, I've I've said it all along. These coordinators make adjustments as the games go on. Um, there's still there's still that tiny part in the back of my head. Yeah. It's still there. Yeah. We can't lie about uh-huh. it. We can't lie about it. Because if 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 you've been a Ravens fan and say, oh, and I know we've all talked about it and we've had experts, people that were there and, and people part of the organization and Femi, this team, he's right. Everybody's right. This team is not 2019. But it's there. In the place we don't want to go, it's still there. But I'm going to trust the Ravens. And they've handled good teams. I think the Texans at this point is a good team. They've blown out good teams this year for the most part. I think they do it again on Saturday. Um. Yeah, I'm with you guys. I like. Uh, I like the Ravens That's coming. Not good news for us. That's yeah, the worst well, thing you could have said. Yeah, sorry. No, no, no. Everything was going so well, right? Up until not that with moment. you guys uh, on my own. I arrived wow. at the conclusion that uh, I like the Ravens coming off of, coming out of the bye. Obviously, you know we like that spot too in the Tennessee game. A couple, uh, the, all those years. All those years back. But I, again, as we've said all week, this is such a different team. They are, they are better. Um, and I like C.J. Stroud a lot, but I think the Ravens' offense is, is going to have their way with uh, with the Texans' defense. Like the Browns' you know, defense on the road, the Texans' defense on the road is, has not been as good either. So uh, I, like the, I like the Ravens to, to kind of score at will here, and you know, I think uh, um, you know, hopefully the Ravens' defense isn't as banged up as it, as it sounds like they might be. Like, well, I guess Marlon seems like he's trending down. But um, – I still like the Ravens' offense to, to outscore the Texans' offense, uh, even if it comes out comes down to a shootout and uh, to win by to win by double digits. So uh, so yeah, give me the Ravens, um, halftime and full time as well. I like that. Ooh, I like that bet right, too. Right. On the Texans, looking to steal some points here. Kyle Ottenheimer, John and Little Rock oh is, on the, is on the Texans. Ooh, we disagree three on four. three games this weekend. Yeah. Uh, Doctor Nick Kelly on the Texans, Ryan Shell and Andrew Stetka. So neither yeah, one this of us could be o- this yeah, could be over. Well, we couldn't clinch. By going, if, if, well, you're close. But basically, right? We'd be up. We'd be you're, up you're, three with three to play. You have three games left. Yep, exactly right. So that's mm. that's quite fascinating. Quite quite fascinating that we differ on three games. We will see how it plays out. All right, Ken Zalis at Fans Fantasy, of course, and uh, Fantasy Pro. Oh, you don't? Yeah, you're not on Twitter anymore. Never mind. I forget at Fans I'm not Fantasy. On, I'm not on Twitter anymore. Just uh, Fantasy. I'm on, I'm on Threads. Just look up Ken, Ken Zalis. All right, very good. Do it that way. Uh, <laughs> love you, buddy. Appreciate you. We will talk to you again next Thursday, all right? Take care, guys. Talk to you soon. It's Ken Zalis with us here on GCR. My, oh, my. A lot of intrigue going into the weekend. And we can't split the games either now. That's the other thing that comes out. One of us is going to have to be ahead no matter what. At the end of the weekend, whether up by one game or up by three games, one of us will be ahead when the weekend is over. Now I'm a little nervy. There was a part of me that was like, I kind of wouldn't mind if we picked all four games the exact same way and we just punted this thing down the road a little bit. 
in part because of the the radio factor of it. Like it's not a good thing if there's nothing at stake. Oh right, yeah. Like won't be good if we clinch. Yeah, right. We're like, let's just do the segment for funsies. You don't want that. So the good news is no one no one will have clinched before the championship weekend. There's no way for that to be the case. But definitely possible that somebody will have clinched by the time we get to uh, the Super Bowl. That's why we'll need to do uh, better side bets. That's the way it'll have to go. All right, when we come back in, we're going to talk. Adam Kilgore of the Washington Post wrote a really in-depth piece this week about Lamar Jackson, the things that I was just talking about, the way he's seeing the game, how slow the game is for him, and like the comparisons. To me, it's been watching a genius. It's been like watching Aretha Franklin uh, fill in for Pavarotti when he got sick and having to sing that opera song, and you're just like, oh, my God, I'm watching Da Vinci. That, to me, has been Lamar Jackson this year. Adam Kilgore wrote about that for the Washington Post, and we're going to talk to him about it next. Stan the Fan Charles will be back in action later on today. He and Eric Garfield talking Orioles prospects, obviously international signings. That's coming up at 4 o'clock. Join him at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. It is a Thursday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code GlennClark23, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-2-3. So bet with the best. And use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken. A family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite. And at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. Jeremy Kahn here. The ultimate sports betting experience in Maryland is at the Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbook. Join me at either location in Canton or in Towson and place your bets in person and be a part of the action. It's the best in-class sports wagering experience complete with the ultimate TV package, ensuring you can catch every game all day, every day. Their state-of-the-art facilities bring Las Vegas energy right here to Maryland just in time for postseason football. So visit the Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbook in Canton and Towson and elevate your game day experience and hang out with me to bet, watch, and win at the Turtle. Hey, Ravens fans, looking for the perfect new game day brew? Get a Guilford, Baltimore's finest craft beer, during the next home game at the bank. That's not all. Gather your flock next home game and check out Guilford Hall Brewery's brand new bar, The Gilly Nest, located near Section 505. No tickets? No problem. Enjoy all Ravens games all season long at our restaurant and brewery in Station North. Guilford Hall Brewery, European tradition, Baltimore charm. Make sure you 
tuned in every Tuesday for PressBox fantasy football analyst Joe Serpico to get you ready for your waiver wire Wednesday brought to you by Live Casino and Hotel. And if you have other fantasies you want fulfilled, subscribe to Glenn and Jeremy Kahn's OnlyFans page at... Wait, are people supposed to know about that? Don't forget, Goose Flights now available at Guilford Hall Brewery as well as Costas Inn and the Maryland locations of Glory Days Grill. You can get it in six packs at both Guilford Hall Brewery and Station North as well as Costas Inn in Dundalk. We are so proud of this. The Goose Flights Lager celebrates the legacy of Tony Saragusa. It also raises money for the Goose Flights charity, which helps with providing non-emergency medical transport to those in need. Um, it's a delicious beer. It'll be perfect for your tailgate this weekend. It'll be perfect. Everybody's going to want to try to steal the cans, though. Just be, be fair warned if you bring it out to the tailgate. Um, Andrew Stecka messaged me. He's like, I can't wait to get some. He's hoping to come into town next week for an AFC championship game. We only ran 5,000 cans. There's just financially, there's a lot of things that are involved with that. Could there be more in the future? Yes, it's quite possible. This is not me trying to create some sort of faux, like demand. Well, you better go get it now because they'll never be. I'm just being honest with you. I don't know. There are realities involved with it. We would like to make Goose Flight something that exists eternally in perpetuity here in Baltimore. But, you know, there's got to be demand for it. There's got all of those things. So in the meantime, I would just tell you, go get it and make sure you don't miss out if we're not able to make that the reality of the circumstances. Go get Goose Flights today. Get a six-pack at Guilford Hall Brewery. Um, you can just get a single can there as well, or a single can that costs us in, but you can get six packs there, and you can get cans at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill, all the seven locations for Glory Days Grill in Maryland. Help lift up the Syracuse family and what they're doing with the Goose Flights. You can find out more at pressboxonline.com slash gooseflights. It is a big deal for us. We're going to be talking about it for a little while. Get out and pick up Goose Flights right now. Delicious lager. Brewed by Guilford Hall Brewery. All right, we continue to uh, look ahead to Saturday and Ravens-Texans here in Baltimore. And something that I've been talking about a lot over the course of the last two months is just how unique and how different Lamar Jackson is and how difficult it is, even when we talk about his MVP candidacy, that like it can't alone be defined by numbers versus what we're seeing. What we're seeing this young man do is unbelievable. He's a he's a symphony conductor. It's genius. And Adam Kilgore from the Washington Post really dove into that this week and wrote about what the game looks like for Lamar Jackson right now. And Adam Kilgore is with us this morning here on GCR. Adam, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us. Yeah, hey, Glenn. Thanks a lot for, for having me on. Good to be with you. Absolutely, man. Adam, diving into this, and I don't know where you started with this, but I don't know if some of it is seeing the same things that we're seeing. Like, I, I was noticing deep into the season, obviously Lamar Jackson is going to be the MVP, right? Like He won the games that mattered. You know, He was the last man standing in the MVP race. But deeper in the year, we were talking in Baltimore about Lamar Jackson's MVP, and around the country there was like, dude, look at his numbers. Like, I don't think he's the MVP. You know, look at what these other guys are doing. And the only thing I could come back to is you have to watch, you have to see how slow the game is for this young man right now and the plays that he's making, and it's just almost miraculous. And I feel like 
this story really dives into that side of it, which is if you watch what this kid is doing, you're seeing something that I don't know we've ever seen a quarterback do before. I totally agree with you. And I, I think, you know, as far as it being unprecedented, I, I do think that, you know, I mean, Lamar Jackson is an unprecedented quarterback uh, physically. I mean, maybe Michael Vick might be the only guy you could p- compare him to physically. Um, but the thing that I really found uh, fascinating when I was reporting the story uh, that you kindly mentioned is that uh, he's also like, you know, nearly as, or even maybe more gifted um, in the way he sees the game and the yeah. way he thinks the game. Um, the way he can like process the game and recall things that have happened to him before on the field and then apply it, um, you know, either in preparation or in real time to, to what's going on. And, and your point about, you know, the, his MVP award, which, you know, is presumably he will win, uh, being less about numbers than performance is, is, is so spot on. Um, you know, if you, if you watch a Ravens game, uh, Lamar Jackson is just doing everything and it doesn't always translate to big stats, especially because, uh, you know, Jackson, like, unlike a lot of quarterbacks is sort of racking up big, like rushing, uh, stats. Um, so that's going to kind of throw off the comparison a little bit, but, but yeah, I mean, he, he is just, he has like these games, like in the palm of his hand, uh, especially down the stretch. So Adam, one of the things that the story actually ends up kind of addressing for me a little bit is earlier in the year, I was watching games and saying, I don't understand why Lamar is not taking off. I, there are just times where it seems like there's huge holes for him to run, and he's hellbent on staying in the pocket. And it felt sort of like, hey, that we signed this big contract, we don't want you running. Let's let's try to force something. But it's fascinating, you know, reading you know what you get what you were getting from T. Martin and from the Ravens about how he'll come to the sideline and he's seeing every little aspect of a play and everything that everyone's doing and believes that he has the time to allow things unfold in order to be able to make these remarkable plays. Yeah, yeah, no, I think I think a really, really important piece of Lamar's uh, season that T. Martin uh, brought when he was switched from receiver's coach to quarterback's coach uh, was that idea you're talking about of, like, scrambling to pass rather than scrambling to run. And I, I don't think it was so much like they didn't want him running I just think they wanted him to pass more. I think that they believed that, uh, especially because of the way defenses have to sort of devote resources to stopping him from running the ball, uh, that there was like big pass plays uh, out there to be had if he could sort of like, uh, you know, I guess Im- improve a little bit, uh, you know, throwing on the run uh, or, or just like, you know, finding ways to use his athletic ability uh, to stay in the pocket. And then, you know, at the same time using his processing ability while in the pocket to find those receivers. And so a lot of the drills, uh, you know, going back to like, you know, spring football and, you know, uh, OTAs and all that, a lot of the drills that T Martin introduced focused on that very thing, whether it's like, you know, I think the way you described it was like finding uh, a wide base in your throwing mechanics while scrambling around, um, you know, keeping your eyes downfield while you're running instead of looking at the defenders uh, that could tackle you, um, you know, uh, you know, just, just things like that, kind of like the idea of like just trying to find throws, during the play. Um, and, and, you know, so that is obviously, you know, you can see when you're watching anybody could see the way he kind of like yo-yos up and down the pocket now, uh, is, is really impressive. Um, you know, he gives himself like, you know, absurd amounts of time, like, you know, five, six seconds to throw. Um, but the reason that works for him is because he's also processing the game in real time at a really rapid, uh, rate. I mean, he's really like recognizing patterns, understanding the way defenders move, 
and and like that 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 happens for him uh, at a faster rate than pretty much any other quarterback, I think, which is something that. I don't think he gets a lot of uh, credit for. Adam Kilgore is with us from the Washington Post. We're going to link his story up uh, on our Twitter account, at Glenn Clark Radio, if you want to check it out. Or you can just search Adam Kilgore, Lamar Jackson. It's it's a deep dive. It's really worth the time. Um, a- Adam, I present this. You know, I, you and I don't know each other well. I'm, I'm from here. Um, you know, I, I, I try to be as fair as possible, but... You know, when I was 13, the Ravens arrived and I rooted for them and my kids are Ravens fans and it's good for business when the Ravens win. I, I don't know that I'm a fan fan, but like I, I, I acknowledge I want the Ravens to win. Um, I, I have seen some pretty good quarterback play. Joe Flacco was good. I was not old enough to see John Unitas. I, I worry that I'm getting almost too worked up in what I'm seeing from Lamar Jackson right now. Like I'm worried that I'm maybe going too far with it because I, I have compared it at times this season to like Aretha Franklin when she had to step in for Luciana Pavarotti and sing opera. Like I feel like I'm watching a genius right now. I feel like I'm watching an artist do things that like I, I'm going to be grateful to have been able to see so up close and personal years down the road. Am I going too far with the way that I feel about what we're seeing from Lamar Jackson right now? Uh, no, man. I mean, if, if you care about sports the way, like I care about sports the way I'm sure most of your listeners care about sports. I don't think that's like extreme or, or wrong to think that way at all. You know, I think like, you know, like, like what is genius, right? It's, it's pattern recognition and then applying those patterns in a way that other people can't or, or aren't able to do, you know, like that's what, you know, great musicians or mathematicians do. There's just like, they see it, it all makes sense. Yeah. And then they can sort of like go forward from there and, and take advantage and exploit that uh, recognition. And I think that's what Lamar's doing. I mean, like, you know, T Martin was like just an awesome, awesome interview, like incredibly sharp guy, incredibly good, good at explaining this stuff. And he talked about how like Lamar is just like uh, a savant for football. Um, you know, John Harbaugh has talked over the years many times about how, you know, the Lamar sees the game for him. It's almost like Lamar, like takes a picture of the field and can kind of see it all. And then, you know, right back in the sideline, explain, like detail for detail, what he saw and why he did a certain thing on the field. And then John Harbaugh will go back and look, look the film on Monday and like, boom, it all happened exactly like Lamar thought. Um, you know, T Martin said that he's got a photographic memory. Um, he compared him to like, like a freestyle rapper who can just, yeah, um, yeah. you know, like just sort of like, just like say these really intricate rhymes and patterns off the top of their head. Um, and so I, I do think, yeah, like, like on a football field, like Lamar Jackson is just like, seeing the game and doing things in like a way different way than, um, you know, than, than I, the, even I realized before I started doing the story, it was, it was really fun to sort of like delve in and, and, and learn a lot of this stuff. Yeah. There was a comparison to Lil Wayne that was made in the story. That, yeah, that's right. That, that, I thought, that was the one. Yeah. I, I yeah. thought it was really good. Um, I, I also wonder, Adam, if you've, one of the conversations we've been having a lot in Baltimore the last couple of weeks is, as I'm sure you've heard that there's the comparisons to the Ravens in 2019 and the fact they were in this position and, um, you know, it didn't work out for them and they lost their first playoff game. And, and we keep trying to articulate why we think this Ravens team is better than even that team was and why Lamar Jackson, despite being unanimous MVP that year, we truly believe is better and a more complete football player at this point and less likely to be in a situation like that. Do you get a sense, having de- you know dove into the story and spent so much time reporting it this week, as to why things would be different and how Lamar Jackson is different even now than he was in 2019. Oh yeah. He's way, he's way different. I mean, I mean, the Ravens offense is way different even from last year. I mean, you know, I think that, um, 
you know, uh, but like I, I would not want to besmirch Greg Roman because I think the offense he introduced and um, you know changed the Ravens in, uh, in a really good way and was doing some really fascinating stuff. Um, uh, but I think it was time to move on, and I think that uh, the Ravens can just do so much more on offense in in Todd Monken's system. Um, they've got better receivers starting with Zay Flowers than they've ever had, uh, you know, since since Jackson came. Um, they and I think Jackson, you know, another part of the story that I focused on was that you know Jackson in in Monk's system has like way more control over what he can do with the line of scrimmage. So so under Greg Roman, he was able to sort of like you know he, he could take two two plays in the line of scrimmage, one called and one you know kill or can. I think most people understand what that is. You mm-hmm. kind of just say can and you go to play two instead of play one. And so that's that. Those are kind of his options under under Roman system more or less. Um, probably oversimplifying, but that's kind of the gist. Um, and now under, under Munkin's offense, he can go to the line. He can change the protection of the offensive line. If he doesn't like what he sees from the defense, he can change route concepts. He can change specific routes. Um, he can change from one run play, uh, to another, if he doesn't like the look. Um, so he's really conducting more at the line of scrimmage and that's made the offense like way more dangerous, way more multiple, way more diverse. Um, and it's just made a huge, huge, uh, difference i think and, and i think that goes back to your original point about how just it seems like jackson is just like in such control of these games no matter what the numbers say and that's got a, a lot of it too um and i'll follow that too i, I think the Ravens' defense is different too than they were yeah, I, I agree mean, like Ro, roquan smith is the kind of player that uh comes along it's, it's amazing they were able to get him from it's the ridiculous. bears and i and i didn't i didn't realize he was this good when he's on chicago but my goodness he just transforms uh everybody on that defense is better because he's, he's in the middle of it. So um, then you had Kyle Hamilton and, and the kind of the funky, cool stuff that Mike McDonald's doing. Um, yeah. I, I really do think, you know, even though that Ravens team went 14 and two, um, this team is a, is a better, more mature, more versatile version. And let me wrap with this. Um, I, I, Lamar Jackson's a generational talent. We know that. Right. Um, but I'll, I'll compare it to uh, years ago. I would tell people I thought that Calvin Johnson was the most talented receiver that I had ever seen, the most talented receiver ever. But Jerry Rice was the greatest receiver ever because he had the best career. The importance now for Lamar in transitioning from generational talent to generational quarterback seems to be winning these games, right? Like that's th- this thing still hangs over him that he's one and three in the playoffs, and you know that will eternally be used to try to bring someone down until you change it. This, the importance right now for Lamar of changing that narrative in order to be treated as the truly generational quarterback that we know that he is. Oh, yeah. I, I don't think he would disagree with that even. I mean, he said from the moment he was drafted, I mean, like the literal moment on the draft stage, yeah. like, you know, I need to win a Super Bowl. And, and that's what matters. That's all that matters. Um, you know, and I think that he's probably – I, I know he's sick of talking about 2019, but I don't think that he disagrees that like it's time for him to win some playoff games. Um, and you know, I, I think I, I would I would say, and I don't think there's much of an argument. He he is the most scrutinized player and probably player or coach um, in these playoffs. I mean, because it's just you know he's done so much in his career to get so little out of it in the postseason, and it really is. You're right. I mean, it's it's time to win those games. I I think he's ready to do that. I think he's going to do that, but. Uh, it doesn't matter what we think until he goes out and, and does it. So, yeah, I, I do think he's under a lot of, of pressure, and it'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, not just interesting, it'll be, it'll be fascinating to see how he handles that and how he performs on on 
on Saturday against like a really uh, surging good uh, Texans team. Uh, Adam, it's a great read, man. It really, I, you know, as, as somebody who's thank around you, the team, you. I got to tell you, this this was an exceptional read. At Adam Kilgore WP is how you follow him. And again, uh, we've linked up the story, but you can find it at WashingtonPost.com. Adam Kilgore, really appreciate you taking a couple of minutes for us. We'd love to do it again down the road. Thanks, Glenn. Of course. Adam Kilgore, the Washington Post with us here on GCR. Just something about this kid, man. I keep saying kid. Obviously, he's not a kid. I've, I've hit that age where, like, everybody's a kid. It's funny because, you know, John Colson probably still would call me a kid. Um, I, it's just something about this young man. There's just something about watching him that just gives you an ungodly amount of faith. Is he perfect? No, of course. Has he missed throws? Yes, he's missed throws. But boy... You don't question the vision. You don't question the way that he is seeing the game. That is at a level, you know, that's that's Peyton Manning-esque. The way that he's seeing the game and the way that these seeing plays develop and the opportunities that are in front of him. It's, it's really unlike anything we've ever seen. If you haven't picked up the print issue of PressBox yet, go do it. You're actually starting to run out of time for this one. Um, I'll tell you, we're 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 buying a little bit of flexibility on the next print issue of Press Box because you know there's kind of a thing that's in front of us right now. What's that? You know, just some silly spring, little spring training. <laughs> we keep talking about the February. We're issue. waiting for waiting for that's the exactly the right sign. to see yeah. who it is. That's like, what are we gonna do on the cover in February? Well, well, there's this thing. Maybe we need to hold out. So uh, go get the print issue. It's the best of issue. It is still available for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms. Any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find PressBox, read it all, PressBoxOnline.com. Let's get a tidbit. Tidbit is brought to you today by your local Toyota dealer and by a Toyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Uh, coming from Optistats, uh, Aaron Jones, of course, uh, dominated the Cowboys as he has sure every did. single time he has faced the Cowboys. In fact, uh, he in his first four, all four of his uh, career games that he's had against the Cowboys, he has rushed for 100 yards and at least one touchdown in mm-hmm. all four of those. How about that? Only one other player in NFL history has started their career with four straight games such against a single opponent. Really? Yeah, you, you know I mean, it. Really? Jamal know. Lewis. Not Jamal Lewis. Uh, Jamal Lewis dominated the Browns early in his... Uh, this player did dominate the Browns. This player did, uh, this player did dominate the Browns. Ray Rice. No, not Ray Rice. It wasn't a Raven. It wasn't a Raven. Jerome Bettis. Not Jerome Bettis. Corey Dillon. Not Corey Dillon. You're in like the right era here. Dominated the Browns. How about Eddie George? Not Eddie George. Fred Taylor. Not Fred Taylor. Maurice Jones-Drew. Not MJD. Chris Johnson. I guess they were already in a different division by the time Chris Johnson got there. Uh, not in the division. Not in the division. Well, that's really well, weird. Well, it's much like Aaron Jones. You know, not against. I get it, but it's just, ran- like- it's, I'm guessing anybody. Ladanian Tomlinson. LT is the answer. Right. Well done. Well All done. Right. Do, you want, do you want the other one I have? or? Uh, sure. Puka Nakua. Uh, pretty good. Oh, huh? A lot of Puka Nakua. Um, well, he was very good. Uh, he, he set I, the rookie record, rookie playoff record for receiving yards 181 uh, in their game. 
uh, against the the Detroit Lions last uh, this past weekend. Um, I want to see how many of the top uh, ten guys you can you can name most yards, most receiving yards in a playoff game by a rookie. This is so specific. It's really so, tough. So right? nine more, I guess, if we're trying to round out the top Jesus ten. Jesus Christ. I genuinely don't know where to start. That's I mean, like it's such a specific specific statistic. You got to remember one game, who made the playoffs as a rookie. Randy Moss. Uh, n- no, Randy Moss. I don't know that we're gonna do well here. All right, but we'll do the top five. Fine. I don't know that we're gonna do well with that. There's a Raven in the top ten. There's a Raven in the top ten. A Raven in the top ten. Uh. Boy, there's a Raven in the top ten. Yeah, <laughs> the Ravens haven't had a lot of rookie. Uh, oh, is it because it's like Mark Andrews? Uh, it was not Mark Andrews. Is it Todd? Todd? They didn't. Did they make the playoffs? Todd Heap? Not Todd Heap. Is it a wide receiver? It is a wide receiver. <laughs> it's not Brandon Stokely. Uh, I guess Hollywood Brown. Hollywood Brown, okay. yes, Marquise Brown. In the, in, the, in that game against the Titans, uh, he had 126 yards, which is good for the ninth most Great. by a rookie in a playoff bo- game. All bo- time. This smells like this is not a very valuable list. Uh, well, the, the you know the top. I liked. Uh, well, there's, there's some valuable guys on here. I, I don't know. I just found it to be an interesting list. I, I think it's. This. I think it's an interesting note about Puka. I'm not sure that the list is of that. Number two on the list. Uh, it was also in the rookie class of Marquise Brown. Uh, Debo? Uh, no, not D. Oh, DK. DK. DK Metcalf. DK Metcalf okay. had 160 yards in the previous sure uh, rookie did. record. Sure 160 yards for the for the uh, Seahawks. Okay. Against the uh, the Eagles. Uh, number three on the list is another former Raven. He didn't do it with the Ravens. Anquan? Not Anquan. Steve Smith. Not Steve Smith. Michael Crabtree. Uh, he was a rookie. Sorry-ass Crabtree. No, he was a rookie in 2009. So I guess it could have been. Was that Crabtree's rookie year? But it, it's not Crabtree. Rookie in two thousand nine. Um, Deshaun Jackson. Not Deshaun Jackson. Correct team. Oh, Jeremy Macklin. Jeremy okay. Macklin. Jeremy Macklin right. against the Cowboys. Uh, number four on the list is Keenan Allen. <laughs> I mean, you could have given me something. Sorry. Well, it, it seems like you were. It seems like you were done with this. Your your, your your hint was naming the player. It seems like you were done with this. Well, I, I was still like participating in the. You gave me something to work with, and I. Uh, this is it. a 1980, 1987 rookie. Or, no, yeah, 1998. Sorry, 1988 rookie with the Eagles. It's not Harold Carmichael. No, not Harold Carmichael. Uh, <laughs> I guess I should have given you hints. Irving Fryer. Could have given you this guy. Yeah, this might have been better than Keenan. I feel like Keenan Allen I'd be more likely to get than a 19... 19- Keith Jackson. Oh, Keith Jackson. Keith okay. Jackson with right. the Eagles. Number six on the list was a running Rumbling, back. Rumbling, bumblings. Not, yeah. not, not that Keith Jackson, obviously. Um, it was a running back, number six on the list. He had... Uh, Marshall Falk. Not Marshall Falk. Okay. Um, He's a 2006 rookie. 2006 rookie. Uh, 132 yards as a running back uh, out of the backfield. Uh, Maurice Jones-Drew. Not not Maurice Jones-Drew. 2006. He wasn't 06, was he? Uh, Arian Foster. Not Arian Foster. I don't know if he was 06. Might have been 08. He was a Heisman winner. Reggie Bush. Reggie Bush. Okay. Reggie Bush. Number eight on the list uh, was a rookie this year. He also he had 130 yards on Saturday. 
another rookie receiver this year. It's not Addison. It's not Flowers. It's not. Oh, Rishi Rice. Rishi Rice. Yes. Yeah. And the number ten on the list uh, to round up the top ten, uh, this Colts rookie in two thousand nine. Two thousand nine Colts rookie had one hundred twenty three yards. I mean, that's not Reggie Wayne. Uh, he was, it was not Reggie Wayne. T.Y. Hilton? Not T.Y. Hilton. I don't know I who. think T.Y. was a year or two after. Yeah. This was the year the Colts went to the Super Bowl. I don't know. Uh, it was a, Austin Collie. Oh, Austin Collie. I do remember Austin Collie. Austin Collie. Yeah, this is not no. a very valuable list. i got to be honest with well, you. Well, Puka's not on a very, it. and uh, very valuable list. But, hey, I appreciate the effort. They can't all be winners, can they? Sometimes we have some duds. In hindsight, it's my, it's on me. You asked if I wanted it. I could have said no. Could have just left it alone. All right, Tubular is brought to you by the Green Turtle. What's going on today at the Green Turtle? Uh, Green Turtle, they have live in-person sports betting now, and every Thursday over at the Green Turtle Sportsbooks in Towson and Canton, they are offering you a free $10 bet on whatever you would like. Uh, you can experience the ultimate destination for game day excitement, great food, and live in-person betting. Maybe get in your uh, use your free bet on uh, UFC 297 this weekend. Oh. Um, I like uh, it's Sean Strickland, Drakus Duplessis. I, I lean Sean Strickland. I like Sean Strickland in that one, but I do really like uh, Raquel Pennington in the uh, bantamweight women's bantamweight okay. uh, championship interim belt. Um, or no, no, it's it's full title fight, full, full title fight because uh, Amanda Nunez is of course retired. Uh, so I like Raquel Pennington. She's been there before. She's an underdog. Get plus one forty on that. So make some money on okay. Raquel Pennington. I like her because uh, she's been there before. Uh, she knows what it's like to make it to the champion to those championship rounds. So uh, give me Raquel Pennington in that, uh, and uh, and bet on her when you go to the Green Turtle Sportsbooks, the Bet Park Sportsbooks in Towson and Canton. Go pick up your free bet, make some money while enjoying some food and sports tonight at the Green Turtle. Very good. Here's what's coming up tonight, totally tubular wise, as uh, Griffin mentioned earlier. Towson, big one on the road at Charleston, seven o'clock. Unfortunately, it's only on Flow Hoops. Yeah. Yay! Uh, UMBC's at home tonight. They host Maine, seven o'clock on ESPN Plus. Australian Open coverage, uh, 7 o'clock on ESPN+, Plus, 9 o'clock on ESPN. Uh, some good ones. Uh, Palabadosa, Amanda Nisimova is a, scare, is a sneaky good one. And she's an American that a couple years ago was rising to the point where we thought she might be like the next American Slam winner. Obviously, Coco Gauff became that. But, she's got a big one tonight. Uh, Coco Gauff is a very big one tonight against Alicia Parks, who's quite legit. I, I like that one. That's really good. Uh, Yannick Sinner is in action early tonight. Djokovic is uh, late. He'll be at 3.30 a.m., so you won't be up. Seb Korda is very late as well. Um, but some good ones tonight. Uh, ben Shelton, another American in action tonight. So uh, that's all the Australian Open. Also tonight, oh, boy. Uh, Big Ten Hoops, Big Ten Network for Minnesota, Michigan State at 6.30. Michigan State comes to College Park on Sunday. FS1, Illinois, Michigan at 8.30. And everything else college basketball-wise, find at glennclarkradio.com. Blues Capital, 7 o'clock on Monumental. ESPN Plus and Hulu for Wild Lightning at 7. Predators Kings at 10. Monumental 2 for Wizards, Knicks at 7.30. TNT for Bulls, Raptors at 7.30. Grizzlies, Timberwolves at 10. Round one of P the PGA American Express, whatever that one is, it's 4 o'clock, and Access TV for TNA Impact at 8. Non-sports? Um, not a whole lot Got either. to finally watch Fargo yesterday. Oh, you did. Are you all caught up or are you just... Oh, no, I, I've watched the final oh, okay. episode uh, yesterday. I'm not. Okay, then we won't talk about it. Sorry. We won't I'll discuss to, it. Very, up, very interesting. Like, really good, and then just a... Okay. Right, won't say anything else. Um, our boy Jacob Alordi is uh, on Fallon. Our tonight. boy, who I'd never heard of before two days ago, <laughs> um, he's on Fallon tonight. Uh, let's see. There's a, I think there's a Republican debate tonight. Um, I believe they canceled ABC. that uh, they canceled because nobody was going to no nobody was going to participate. Oh. 
Like every, everybody else had dropped out. Uh, it was just going to be Ron DeSantis. Not <laughs> like, the, what was it? Nikki was... Nikki Haley said she wouldn't do it. She wasn't going to do any more debates unless Donald Trump was going to be there. Oh. So... Smart. They were like, well, yeah. there's everybody else dropped out of the race. They were down to like three people. And they're like, well, no, we don't. Who, who are we going to put up there? Uh, all right. So, so that's not on ABC anymore. Yeah. Uh, so uh, the Traders new episode on Peacock. They're now releasing those every Thursday at nine. Which one is that? That one? is the. It's like the reality show. There's a traitor. Oh yeah. No. The, no. I my believe. Mom likes I believe it. Larsa Pippen is involved with that. Oh. Yeah. I'm good. She's lovely. Um, Don't get me wrong. Lovely woman. Uh, on Adult Swim at midnight tonight, the Eric Andre show. Eric Andre live near Broadway special. Uh, looks, I don't know. If you're I like Eric, Eric Andre. Andre so, but, yeah. yeah I don't know. Uh, on the Roam, new series on Max. Uh, this is Jason Momoa. It's like a docu series. He's just going around the country finding people that uh, okay. do stuff, like build, like build stuff, like with their hands. This is the one everybody asked for. <laughs> Said I, this smells like he was device. bored during the strike and wanted to work. They're like, well, here's the the workaround is you could just go do a, do a documentary, and that technically isn't acting, so you could go do that. And everybody's all like, nah, we're good. We're, we're good. I mean, like, now that Fargo's over, I do have room in my heart. Like, I need something to look forward to each week in television. I'm not sure if that's going to be it. I don't know. I definitely know that's not going to be it, but I'm willing to listen to suggestions. But you got Reacher. I have not started Reacher. I have not gotten into that. Maybe, maybe. Now it drops tonight. Maybe when football season's over, I'll spend a little time with it. We'll see. We will see. That tennis has to end first, too. Like, I got tennis right now to, nah, to keep to get there. me through. All right. Thanks today to uh, Adam Kilgore of the Washington Post. Thanks also to Bo Smolka, to Ken Zalis, and to Andy Kalu down in Houston. We'll get all of it up in the greatest hits section of the oh my God, it's so good. tab at glennclarkradio.com. Tomorrow on the program, Ryan Leaf is going to join us. Uh, he's doing Westwood One for Ravens, Texans. Uh, Chuck Pagano. Chuck Pagano, our uh, old friend, former Ravens defensive coordinator, now with the 33rd team. Um, Lisa Salters used to work here in Baltimore. She used to work at WBAL. Lisa Salters, of course, will be on the sidelines for ESPN on Saturday. And, and Sean Salisbury. Sean, will our friend well. Sean Salisbury will join us tomorrow. Love Sean. Uh, host down in Houston, of course, you know, successful, uh, high-level former quarterback. So we'll get uh, his thoughts on the game. And Stan will be by tomorrow as well. Thanks to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including Live Casino and Hotel, Mother's North Grill, A.J. Michaels, Guilford Hall Brewery, Royal Farms, Costa Sin, Superbook Sports, Glory Days Grill, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Follow us, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Thursday evening. Go Towson, go UMBC, Duke sucks.